And so, with the cup held high, me the leave Croke Park, All-Ireland football champions for 1949. Oh, beautiful me, you got all that I need. Dimsey hits Davin Fee. Anthony Finnerty comes in and gives him a touch of the elbow. Colin Coyle hitting Finnerty. This is Colm's first punch. Finity delayed reaction, looks around, sees Martin O'Connell coming in and thinks that the best action is to go down. What a set of matches we've had. Four terrific and memorable games. Final score meets 2-10. Dublin, 15. So Joe McDonough, GA president, presents Sam McGuire to Graham Garrity and meet of the football champions. Hello and welcome to another edition of the We Are Mead podcast. It's Sunday evening, we're in the studio, we've got a similar result to the last time we were sitting here talking, Mead have won again um, and uh, Mead are through to a Leinster final, it's absolutely brilliant news, great win over uh, Leash today. As usual I've got Kieran Flynn, I've got David Rispin and I've got Brian Kelly in the pod with me and um, it's uh, they're, they're just trying to tell me where they're sitting, I think I know where you are sitting, I think Kieran Flynn is to my right, Brian Kelly is directly opposite me and then diagonally <laughs> opposite me is David Rispin well, there, who's a little bit, who's a little bit uh, uh, worse for wear today. You'll probably hear it in his um, interviews later on. He got two fabulous interviews with Brian Menton and Andy McEntee after that magnificent victory in Crow Park today. But you probably will hear in David Rispin's voice that he was a little bit delicate. He spoke very, very softly in his interviews. And uh, you can give us some feedback on that later on. It was very Michael Jackson-esque. Uh, um, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> Um, what, they were bad, were they? No, they were pretty bad. Um, the stop and now we can get we can start on the puns and that'll be the end of us. We've got a, an action-packed um, podcast this week. We've got all-county football league previews. There was a couple of games as well that we will just quickly run over as well. There was a couple of games played in the knockout tournaments. The Christie Ring uh, semi-final took place on Saturday. The minor hurlers were out on Friday in Trim. The under-20s footballers, they were out on Tuesday in Park Tolchin. And the Mead Juniors were out on Wednesday night, also in Park Tolchin. So, um, an action-packed podcast. Leinster semi-final. Oh yeah, that was on as well today. And Mead won. Um, so, all, we're going to move on quickly. The All-County Football League previews. We're going to go to Division 4. There's no games played this week in Division 4. All teams have played nine games from Condrath. Have their... Um, there are 10 games played. So there are some interesting games in Division 4. Unfortunately for David Rispin, Courtown out of the running now um, for um, a fourth fourth place finish. They were looking to get into that top four because of the restructuring of the leagues next year. So what David Rispin has decided to do is he's decided to go on holidays for the week and miss the last round of the league. Um, David, looking at Division 4 there, just as you nearly choke on your tea. Um, he actually never told the manager that he was going on holidays yet. <laughs> he's, he's coming with me. <laughs> the manager thinks he's going on a charity trip abroad, so it's going to be news to him. <laughs> the charity trip is right. Um, David, uh, looking at Division 4... The top the top four teams get promoted or yeah. uh, f- from that division, but there's going to be Division Four A and Division Four B next yeah. year. So, uh, if you want to take us through what way the permutations are going to end in that table, 
You really landed me in it now, so. Well, we did ask here, you to prepare for this. Here we go. <laughs> no, you, you didn't see me asking me out this complicated. So, essentially, um, the top four teams in Division 4 this year will go into Division 4A next year. Okay. How many teams will be in Division 4A next year? Ten-ish. Ten. Ish. Ish, yeah. Okay, Ish. that's not confirmed yet. So, many so, teams, so how many teams get relegated from Division So essentially, 3A and 4B next year will be comprised of a mix of first and second teams. So the top okay. half of the B League Division 1 of this year will go into 4A. The bottom half of the B- 4B... <laughs> the bottom half of the B League Division 1 will come into 4B into next division year. 4B. And you have the two teams coming down from Division 3, which okay. will be in 4A. And then obviously the four teams who will go up from Division 4 this year will end up in Division 4A next year. And the rest of the teams who are staying in Division 4, ourselves included, will be in 4B next year. So Moyle and Clonagate... quite well there, lads, well, yeah, yeah, we'll give you we'll give you a 4 out of 10 for that one. <laughs> um, Moyle um, and Clonagale are guaranteed their uh, positions in that uh, division next year. And uh, Kilbride and Slane and Kilmainham Wood... It's two of those three that will go up. Is that right? Yeah, two of the, two of the three. Uh, yeah, so obviously ourselves are going out of it. So you have Kilbride and Slane both on twelve points, and Kilmain and Wood on eleven. They've kind of been, no, well, they haven't been stuck on it for a while, but they've only picked up a point, I think, from their previous three games. That was a draw against Boardsmill, so they've kind of gone off the boil at just the wrong time. <clears throat> but um, Kilbride have kind of improved as as the league's gone on, whereas Slane have kind of stuttered in recent weeks. Uh, at the start of the league, they were flying to give us an off a bit earlier on in the in the year, um, and have kind of tailed off a little bit. So they're hanging on to that fourth spot as it is now, mm-hmm. um, and it's just going to be interesting to see can they? They'll obviously need a result if they don't. They're they're uh, they're there to be shot at. But um, what fixtures are we looking at um, in the final round of Division Four, Kieran? Yeah, so the last few fixtures, the ones that matter, Slane and Clemaine and Wood are playing, so that's going to possibly going to decide the fourth place. Uh, Kilbride are playing Clannard. Clannard have one point on the, their joint bottom, and so you're probably predicting that Kilbride will possibly win that game. Then, just to finish off the, the other games, are Samaries are playing Moyla, Cortan are playing St Bridget's, and Boar's Mill are playing Clannagale. But definitely Slane, Clemaine, and Wood would be the pick of Division 4. Straight shoot out, yeah. Yeah, yeah straight Simple shoot out nice. between those two teams. So there's no promotion into Division Three from Division Four, is there? No, no. Okay, no. so that's an interesting one. We're going to move on now. Actually, just somebody said something to me there during the week, David Rispin. You've got an unbelievable knowledge of all the club teams in Mead. Um, so I'm just going to test you. God. Um, <laughs> you really have it in for me. I have it in for you. <laughs> I want you to name two players from each of the teams in Division Four. St Mary's. Uh, He's not playing. <laughs> you really not? Uh, yeah, I. I know. Okay. No, yeah, no, no. Yeah, this yeah, is David Rusman only. Um, David Rusman only. Maybe he's hung over, so his, his head might be a little bit. To be honest so. with you, I wouldn't know really. Clannard. Uh, Adam Flanagan oh. and uh, <laughs> Niall Smullen or Kenneth Darby or. Drum Condrath. I, I know them very well. <laughs> uh, Stephen Crosby and uh, Packy Dunn. St. Bridget's. Michael Flood and Dylan Scully. Boards Mill. Oh, uh, uh, oh, I, I, I do know this. He knows this one. He knows this one. Did you work in? Did you work in some sound? Yeah, yeah, just. Do you have a timer? No. Do. you want to come back? Yeah, I'll come back to Boards Mill. Core Town. Would you know anybody on that team? I know. Okay. Kilmainham Wood. 
uh, Kiernan and um, first name uh, Stephen and Gary York <laughs> and Gary York slain uh, Podge McGowan and Owen Gibbs Kilroyd uh, Young Harford uh, David's his father was his Connor is right and um, uh, Dean Stapleton and Clonagh Gale uh, you know a lot of their names Aaron from Ennis and Eamon O'Donoghue okay Moila uh, Sean Riley and Darren Gibney do you want to go back to Boards Mill there's uh, one of the guys I don't know is uh, one of the guys He's a, his oh, second name is actually Guy alright oh, yeah. okay yeah um, and so Thomas Leonard Thomas Leonard and one of the guys and uh, then St Mary's any idea I, I know the, the young guy that does the bit of journalism work he's not he's just too young to play at the minute Um Sam Victory uh, and, Mary's, and, Mary's. And, and Flynn is trying to prompt me to say <laughs> something I shouldn't so, no, uh, Lachlan Hill Jacqueline Hyde yeah. Jacqueline Hyde so, um, so are we going to do that for each division <laughs> we might do that for each division <laughs> we might teacher, yeah. yeah we might do that for each division just see I think, it I think I think a new Morton I had to prompt him for about half the team so no, no, I, I, I you only prompted him for two to be honest I think I nearly get one for every after this oh, players aren't okay. Okay. oh well look they can be um, anyway we're going to move on now to Division 3 and on Tuesday night round 10 Kilmainham played Blackhall Gales and they played out a draw two goals and seven to Blackhall Gales one goal and ten to Kilmainham and Kilmainham have um, I suppose they've given themselves a lifeline there Kieran Flynn yeah it looks like it's it obviously it's coming down to the last Last kick of the ball, really, in this division, at the top and the bottom, excluding Castletown. Yeah, Kilmainham have that game against Longwood. Uh, Longwood after giving a walkover in the Fesh Cup, so it's probably they're in perilous shape, maybe on the football side of the house. So I'd say Kilmainham be looking up to pick up them two points, and then Dunsany are playing Blackhall Gales. We'd be hoping to get two points, but I wouldn't exactly be putting the house on it, unfortunately. <laughs> but not to say we can't do it, but I wouldn't be putting the house on it. Um, Brian Kelly looking down at. Division uh, three, Castledown are promoted as we know already. Ballinlock and Waterstown, or sorry, Ballinlock are on fifteen points. Waterstown and Drumbarra are on thirteen, and St Vincent's are on twelve points with St Dalton's on eleven. Um, it's all coming down to the last round of games. Castledown obviously promoted. Ballinlock, you would presume, are um, uh, promoted as well. But Waterstown, Drumbarra, and St Vincent's all still in the hunt. Yeah, um, I just wouldn't be as confident as you are with Ballinlock. They play Castletown in the final round, and I'm sure Castletown want to go through the whole season winning every game. So you take on that basis, if Castletown beat Ballinlock, it throws Waterstown and Drumbarra straight back into the mix. Yeah, but the score difference would be the uh, would be the thing there at the depending minute. Depending on how many, depending if they both win. Like Drumbarra play. Um, just looking there to see Beliver. who they play. They play Beliver. You'd imagine Drumbarrow would beat Beliver because Ultimate Beliver are probably depleted with play- fellas on the Christie Ring panel. And Ultons play Walterstown. And I know Ultons are a little bit depleted at the minute with fellas doing their leaving. Keen McBride is a big loss in the middle of the field for them. Who else, so. are, who else is doing their leaving? I wouldn't know. You're the fella from St. Parish. Yeah, no, that's what I'm asking. No, but really, Keane McBride is like a massive player. He's a huge form. loss. Yeah, he's, he's a huge loss first. Like, like, and yeah. Waterson are in flying form lately, so you, I'd, I'd fancy them to pick up the points there. So it just throws it wide open, really. 
It does indeed. Um, and if if all teams were to end up on the fifteen points, it would come down to score difference. And at the moment, it is Banlock with a, a much healthier score difference of yeah, a score 46. difference of eight better than Waterstown. But if Waterstown go and win at the weekend and and Ballinock lose to Castletown, that could swing massively over the weekend. So that's really one to keep an eye out. Well, Drumbarra like, would as, need to win by uh, a, a huge margin and they kind of need Waterstown yeah, to lose. Drumbarra well. are the team who really have at all it's a mountain for them to climb. But Waterstown are the team who I think could sneak yeah, second place. They do, they do want to make sure they get the third place, obviously, as well. Want to make sure that they could probably tip in there if they can't get ahead of bad and luck, you still want to fight for that third place, and that's why even if results go St. Vincent's way, St. Vincent's could still sneak in maybe as the, the third course, yeah. place. So mm. it's all to play for for the top maybe five teams in nearly every division. So it's yeah. interesting again, it is indeed. And uh, back to our new little uh, um, <laughs> part slot. of the of slot of the uh, uh, in the podcast, Dave Rispin Longwood, um, Aaron Ennis, and Ryan Moore. Okay, Dunsany. Kieran's cousin Niall Flynn and uh, Pierre Fox. Pierre Fox, the, uh, the wily old fox. Uh, Kilmainham. Uh, two lads who literally cannot be seen without being, you know, in in each other's companies. Dean Pepper and uh, Andy Arkins. So they are basically one person. Yeah. I need another uh, one. Mickey Newman, <laughs> <laughs> who said no county players. Oh, grand. Harry uh, Newman. Stephen. Harry Newman. <laughs> Stephen Newman. Mark Newman. Yeah. yeah. A plethora. Blackhall Gales. Um, Alan Nestor and uh, he Paul Kelly. Okay. And Johnny Myler. Johnny Myler. Uh, Beliver. Kevin McKeown and Brendan McKeown. Minalty. Paul Lynch and James Cassidy. St. Dalton's. Would you know anybody from no. St. Dalton's? <laughs> Kim McBride, because he counts as everyone. So. Uh, oh, that's a bit of a well, Kim McBride and Mark Allen. And Mark yeah. Keen McBride playing County. I want somebody else. <laughs> Uh, Martin Dolan. I want somebody else. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Connor Smith. You know an awful lot about yeah. St. Dalton's. St. Vincent's. <laughs> Ryan Hand and David Tallon. Drumbarra. Connor Lynch and Willie um, Carey. Waterstone. Alban Crosby and Robbie McDonald. Ballon Lock. Michael Garrity and Pather Byrne. And He's Ka- uh, Sean Garrity. Sean Garrity. There we go. Ka- Castleton. Yeah. Darren Finney and. County player. County player. Uh, uh, William Bellew and do, 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 um, a Dunnigan. There has to Rob, be a Dunnigan. Robbie High. And Robbie High. Well done. Uh, that's just our new feature on the podcast. We just put Dave under pressure. Put Dave <laughs> under pressure. That's what he gets for messing with me at the start of the yeah. podcast. That is Division 3, and it is all to play for, for a lot of teams in there in the final round of games happening this Sunday. Um, uh, in uh, at at a football ground near you, um, in Division Two, there was a couple of games during the week. On Tuesday, Mead Hill took on Nobber and won the local derby. Won the bragging rights up there. Mead Hill won goal in twelve, Nobber ten points. And then on Wednesday, Curraha played uh, Rathkenny and Curraha came with a massive victory here, two sixteen <laughs> to Rathkenny's one goal and six. And looking down at the table there now, lads, um, David Rispin, uh, Centralstown are promoted. We know that back to Division One after a two-year uh, uh, stay in Division Two. St. Colm Kills, St. Pat's, Balnebracchi and Dundery all playing for those uh, final two places. Yeah, it's probably going to be tricky for Dundry. I know they've lost to St. Colm Kills. I'm not sure how... I think Pat's might have bet them as well. So if, if that's the case, I know score difference could come into it, but it's un- unlikely that Dundry are going to get into them uh, two slots for a promotion to join Central Sound. 
next year in Division 1. So realistically, it's uh, two teams out of the three that you out mentioned. Out of three, yeah. So you have the two senior clubs, um, Colin Kills and Pats, and then Balnebracchi. Um, and as Brian said last week, they play each other. And he said it's just there as well. Um, so so that's that's whoever wins that game will will uh, obviously automatically go through and the other one's probably realistically going to be out. Balna, yeah, and Balnebracchi have to take on Mead Hill. Who, they have another one as well, Nobber in hand as well. Oh yeah, Balnebracchi have two games uh, to play. Yeah. So, so um, like a, if they win their game in hand, like obviously that, that puts them ahead of the two teams ahead of them. Yeah. So that's it. They're, they're obviously in a great position then. But they would still probably need something out of their last game as well. Playing mm. um, to Mead Hill, who need to probably win to stay up. They will, yeah. To avoid maybe yeah. the third place. Yeah, we'll go down and look at the bottom of the table. St. Michael's on four points, Mead Hill on six points, Bective on seven, and uh, Nobber on eight points. Um, any of those teams can be dragged in. I suppose at this stage, the Michaels are relegated. Well, Oh, they have they have a game in hand, so they're if, playing three on Wednesday. Yeah, they can get up to eight points. Yeah. Is right, yeah. So uh, look at it, it; it is a bit far fetched considering they've only won two in the whole in- league so far, and they need to win their last two and hope that other results go their way. But I suppose mathematically, as you said, they're they're not just gone yet. Yeah, it's between the four teams: Nobber, Bective, Mead Hill, and St Michael's. And uh, I suppose what they're fi- all fighting for is the third from mm. bottom position. And Nobber are playing Michael's in the last match, so. You know, you're kind of you're trying to get up. Not everyone will get a chance to get two points to save themselves because they're going to be playing each other. So it's definitely going to be a dogfight at the bottom there. And I suppose just looking at it, one thing that stands out is their score difference. Michael's minus fifty two, which is um, the worst, the worst in the league. Obviously, back to our minus forty seven. But if it does come down to that, they're more than likely going to lose out on score difference as well. So they're going to probably need a, a big win if. They're gonna try and you know. Well, yeah, the Michaels. Yeah, well, they'd need to get the, if they got their wins and they got into third from bottom. It yeah. just would leave them in a position where they can, um, I suppose, uh, have another uh, day exactly, out to, yeah, to yeah. stay in Division uh, Two. Kind of like when a team, you know, in the Premiership, they know they're going to be relegated. It's just delaying the inevitable. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, but but they're playing for money. I don't think Ireland's get any. You know, that you finish higher up in the league, you get more money. Yeah, it's just pride being your neighbours, yeah, isn't it? Or expenses. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's a Division Two looked at, and uh, the, uh, I suppose Brian Kelly didn't open his mouth there the whole way through Division Two because he doesn't need to. Centrestown are back in Division One, and uh, that's all you're worried about, I suppose, Brian. Sometimes you say more by saying nothing at all. Uh, Mr. Um, <laughs> 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 oh Lord, we're going to move on now to. Sorry, we're not. We're going to go back to Division Two, and we're going to go to our new regular slot, um, <laughs> and David Rispin, St Michael's. <laughs> St. Michael's, uh, Dahi Riley and Oren Meehan. Uh, Mead Hill. Oren Meehan is county, yeah. Shane McDonald. Fog county last year. Keep going. Um, Davy Lynch. I'm Davey. here all night, lads, if you want. Oh. Okay, oh, Mead Hill. <laughs> um, you know a lot of lads from Mead Hill. Martin Tully um, and Shane McCabe. Bective. Marty Mulhall and Sean Keaton. Uh, Nobber. Stephen O'Brien and Brian Farrell. Uh, Trim. Um, we'll, we'll let him away with them. Oh yeah, I'm thinking now I was going to name Douglas and Totter straight away, so Dara Lynch, because I know Aaron's on the county, so he'll crucify me for that. And, Did you get the haircut? Uh, I don't know, I'm not going to be drawn into that. <laughs> um, and uh, James Cullen. And James Cullen, okay then. Uh, Delique Bellius turn. Jamie, Fla- Jamie O'Flaherty and... Um, oh, 
can't name Robin Clark because he's in county. That's such a stupid rule, by the way. But sure, everyone knows hey, the county hey, players. Hey, 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 hey. Sorry. You don't call my game stupid, all right? <laughs> he no, done with his own no, last week, you know? <laughs> <laughs> he, he didn't put the rules on this. Uh, <laughs> it's my game. I make the rules. Uh, Robin Clark, who else is to leak? He's um, going to fall on the leak business turn. Crosby. Uh, Alan? Aiden? Is that Crosby? Crosby, yeah. Stills and Nash. Um, Rathkenny, uh, only the older people would get that one. Uh, uh, Jack Orr and uh, Jack Thompson. Uh, uh, oh, David Coyle and Gavin Coyle. Oh, okay. And brothers yeah. alive as well. Yeah, yeah. From now on, there's no brothers Kyle alive. is the secretary, Gavin, so you can't be using the club officials. No, you can't. Club officials, as long as they're not playing for yeah, the county. Karen exactly. um, Ross. Oh, no. I, the first instinct is always to pick a county lad. So yeah. Sam Reynolds and Keane O'Reilly. Okay, then fair play. Uh, Dundry. Um, I'm just trying to not pick county lads. And they actually have a lot of... Luke Martin's not on the county anymore, neither is Conor Dempsey. So I'm yeah, so we go with them. Balnebracchi. Damien Carroll and Chris O'Connor. Uh, St. Pat's. Donald Landy and... Uh, Shane Landy. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. We're letting away. Yeah, we for next week. We'll we'll tweak it. Don't no. worry. Do I have uh, to pick one different? Oh, ones absolutely. Every league. week you're gonna have I'll to. Do, like the B League, third string. <laughs> <laughs> this is a joke. St. <laughs> Colum Gills. Um, oh, this is hard without without yeah, picking county players. Uh, Jack Reynolds and Rory O'Grady. Okay, Central Stone. Dylan Keaton, and oh, Flash Gordon. <laughs> no, players. <laughs> oh, that's low. And that was from just just to let everyone know that was Brian Kelly. Just like to slay his old man. He, he normally bags just because he, yeah. he talks a good game. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to move on anywhere now to the Division One, and uh, there was. One game during the week, it was Screen taking on Minalvi and Screen came away with a massive victory here, 216 to 11 points, double scores, 22-11 and uh, Screen picking up a badly needed win uh, just puts them out of danger now of uh, falling into that third from bottom spot at any stage and uh, Screen, I suppose, Kieran Flynn, after a, after a difficult start to the league, have, have, have shown some true grit towards the end of it. Yeah, like Screen, like one of the biggest clubs that made don't like to see themselves in the in the dogfight at the bottom. They'd rather see themselves chasing silver at the top. But I think they did show great determination all league campaign to kind of stick with it. Like I was talking to a lot of the lads over there and the amount of players they were could list off it was similar to a seven done saying last week sixteen lads missing. I think there were more, there was probably about eighteen or nineteen first teamers of them missing at one stage or another. And it's not easy, like you're losing the rhythm of your starting panel when lads are away and injured. So it's a great thing for them to kind of galvanise and kind of come back and They've stayed up, and that's ultimately if they want to win the senior championship, uh, they need to be in Division One. I'm not sure if if many teams have ever won the senior, coming from the second or third tier of the league. So, yeah. So you know the way they said that no teams ever won the All Ireland senior, coming from Division Two, the yeah. second tier. So I presume it's something similar in me that very few teams, if any, have ever won in the second tier. So. That's what's great. You need to be in Division One, and they did it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, looking down at the table, there are some crucial games to be played. Navin and are on twenty points uh, with twelve games played. Simonstown are on nineteen points with twelve games played. Um, Gail Column Kill are on eighteen points with twelve games played. And then Summerhill have eighteen points with eleven games played. So Summerhill have a game in hand. Um, their game in hand is against Kells. No, is that right? Oh, it's, it's, sorry, it's against the Tones. Um, so you'd imagine that they'd pick up a win there. But their final game 
is against Kells. And that's going to be a shootout, you'd imagine, for a semi-final spot. That's um, if Simonstown and O'Matney's both win their last game in the league, which David Rusman, I suppose, we all thought that they were going to win there a couple of weeks ago on both Simonstown and O'Matney's lost. Had they both won those games, they'd be nailed on for, for, for uh, a final and semi-final spot. Yeah, look, they're still in pole position, really, to be fair. Yeah, you know, O'Matney's are still top with 20 points out of 12 games and Simonstown just a point behind on 19. But then, as you said, the chasing pack, like Kells and Summerhill are relentless, really. Yeah. Both on 18 points and going extremely well, probably going as well as they have done all year now mm-hmm. at this stage. So they've really got momentum and form at, at just the right time. Um, I think, you know, with uh, Kells and Summerhill... To, to play each other that's going to be that's going to be a huge game that'll be really that'll be one to see it'll be just like watching a championship quarter final really or that it'll be just a cracking you'd imagine looking at it that Navin O'Matneys will win their last game against I think it's against Screen is that right? yeah yeah so in, screen, yeah. in screen you just imagine uh, mm-hmm. that, that that they would win that because the pressure is off screen now they can start focusing on on, on a championship and um, then you'd imagine as well that Simonson would beat Wolf Tones. Wolf Tones are missing an awful lot of players at the moment. So it does look like a straight um, uh, shootout between Summerhill and Gail Column Kills for that last uh, semi-final spot, Brian Kelly. Even if Summerhill win their game in hand, uh, they would go to 20 points. But if everybody won their last games, it's, it's, it's going to be a shootout between Kells and, uh, and Summerhill. Yeah, and Gail Column Kill actually hosts Summerhill at the weekend. So that's the game, really, for any neutral. That's the game to go to at the weekend. Yeah, yeah that's the yeah, that's yeah. the the game that we're on about. So it's the shootout between the two like, teams. To be honest, you'd have to fancy Kells to win that because they'll go out more or less with a full strand team, whereas Summerhill will be missing four or five lads tied up in county panels. Yeah, and like as I think Davy Rispin mentioned on social media during the week, Kells have a forward and blister and hot farm at the minute. So. Well, in fairness, that, that, that forward you're talking about has been in blister and hot form for the last couple of years. Uh, you probably have said it. Like, yeah, I think we've always said it. Every single one of us in this has always categorically said he's one of the best, if not the best club forward in Mead. And there's just been a doubter in this, like a doubting Thomas. So. Yeah. And they, they needed to 20, see it to believe 20, it, but they didn't. 25% of our podcast, uh, of, the po- of the people in our podcast, 25%, that's one person, has, uh, has really kind of said that, you know, that... That this man that we're talking about in particular, um, maybe is not as good as uh, as people think. But David David Rusman, you you saw a tweet that went out there during the week uh, about this man. Do you want to just you know maybe maybe tell us the stats and then give us his name? Take your time, He's a Kells man. Yeah. We'll give you that much. Yeah. So and and Kieran Flynn's father did teach did him. Teach him. So yeah, that yeah. really adds to the whole yeah. argument. You know. Yeah. Um, and maybe that's why the individual in question probably is trying to sabotage. The, you know the. The Beano handling campaign. Yeah. Um, oh well, we were going to mention the person until you ran through the stats, but you're after mentioning them anyway. I think well, everybody knows who we're talking. Well, about, go on. It's, yeah. it's not the first time today he made a hames. I think. So. <laughs> <laughs> you go for it anyway. Give us the stats. So th- this was obviously put up by Hogan Stan Mead in his last four rounds of uh, football league in Mead, round nine to twelve. He's played against Manalvi, Navanomatnis, Tumboyne, and Dunchaklin. Um, he's managed to clock up 9.27 in them four games in 240 minutes of football. So just to break it down by game, um, the first one was against Manalvi, 3-8. Next one against Navarro-Matten, he's 1-7. The following one against Dunboyne, 3-6. And the final one against Dunchockland, 2-6. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, um, he is a terrible player. He is useless. Brian, Brian, <laughs> Kelly, Brian Kelly, what have you got against Pino Hanlon? 
absolutely nothing, Mickey. <laughs> As I said last <laughs> year, I couldn't put him on team of the year because I hadn't seen him playing. Well, that's not exactly what you said, but we'll go back into the uh, into, the, into archives. the archives and we will pull it, it out. It was just that you were you were so um, you were just so Adam. passionate about him not being awarded as the player, the player of, the year. of the year, and I get your point as you know you didn't see him, whatever. But then uh, you shouldn't have really been so. Adamant, but yeah. uh, all joking so aside, all I was trying to be, I was trying to be nice. No, about just it. tell him. He just has to be told he was wrong. He got it wrong. He does get it wrong. But you know, is and the these, man these kind of from, from somebody who maintains he's never wrong, even though half the county tells him he is. That's a little bit rich. Yeah, but that's that's because half the county is wrong. Sure. <laughs> the other half that agree wrong, with me right. are right. You know. We're wrong. We're wrong. But anyway, just to get back to just on a serious note about being wrong, that is unbelievable stats. I think the guy is thirty-two. Yeah. Uh, now, is there is it a closed panel there in the mid team, or is there room for Bino Hanlon in there? What do you think here? Well, like if you're going based on senior club championship in Mead, he is perennially one of the best. So, like I don't know, maybe it's just at the stage of his life and that he probably can't commit to the six nights a week training regime that they have to go through. So, he probably missed the boat. Maybe if years gone by, he probably should have been brought in. But I'd say he's happy dominating and. Hopefully he'd want, he wants a Keegan Cup in Kells. That's what he really wants. I think that would be the cap off his career today. That's the one thing he, he wants that he's missing. It's a yeah, absolutely. And uh, it's, it's just wonderful scoring from the man and, and uh, brilliant performances. Uh, dragging Kells up into contention for a league semi-final spot and well done to all of the Kells players and, and, and Bino Hannon. Looking at Division 1 and looking down the bottom end of it, um, there are three teams down the bottom, Wolf Tones, Old Castle and Sidden that have only played 11 games. So that means that Sidden have two games left, uh, Old Castle have two games left, Wolf Tones have two games left. You'd imagine Wolf Tones, well, Wolf Tones are safe, so you, 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 they're playing against uh, uh, against Navano, Summerhill and, and Simonstone. And uh, looking at it, Old Castle, um, and have, to, have they to play Sidden in one of their games? Yeah. Well, I'm just saying, could there be a great escape on here for Old Castle? I'm just looking at it. If we predict uh, correctly, which sometimes we do as a collective, not always, but uh, if the Wolf Tones lose to Summerhill, which we predict, and they lose to Simonstown, like we'd mm-hmm. probably predict, the Wolf Tones will stay in eight points. Oldcastle have a back game against Sidden, who are bottom, and they've got uh, their last game against Manalby, who are second bottom. So they can go to nine points and actually put Wolf Tones in the third place, third from that's, bottom. That's a very good point. So Oldcastle could make a great escape playing the two weaker teams. Mm-hmm. And... Or and hang on a second. Oh, not only that and not, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll see you and I'll raise you. Um, Sidden also have two games left. Would this not be a bigger oh. escape oh. if Sidden were to win their two games, one of them against Old Castle, and then I'm not sure who their, their other game is against, yeah, against Rathold. If they win the two of them, they will leapfrog Minalvi and Old Castle into third from bottom and give themselves a fighting chance to stay yeah. in, in Division 1. David Risman. Yeah, and I don't know which is more. Um, I think, I think the, Kieran's theory is actually more realistic and it's one that we probably hadn't foreseen whereas Sidden's one, like, look at them. And they're after playing 11 games and they have a point. And they have a minus 103 of his goal. They were ever. missing Dara Rowe oh, no, for they most were, of that they're, year. They're and he's back. No, he's not. He's injured again. He's not injured again, he is, is he? Yeah, yeah. He's injured oh, again. There's your money. There's my money after coming in. Lovely there now. <laughs> <laughs> but God, look, can, can you cancel it's, the bet? It, 
But it's amazing to think that they're, they only have a point from 11 outings and they're going into their last two games and they're still, they're still not relegated. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's it, it's beggar's belief, but that's the scenario. Look, it will, obviously, it's all going to be cleared up after the next game. You know, if... Yes. If, if, if they don't win, if yeah. they win, well, it's the, still on. Yeah, it is. But, you know what and, I mean? And especially if Oldcastle are dragged into it then as well because... Which they would be because they didn't play Oldcastle next. Yeah, yeah. So, so that would really put it down to the last day whereas if they don't get Anton against Oldcastle... Like they have to beat them. A draw is not going to be enough, so they have to beat them. But if they do, yeah, it's 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 all teed up for the last day. And Minalvi's last two games are against Oldcastle. Uh, their last game is against Oldcastle because they have played twelve. So there's no chance of uh, Minalvi getting into third from so they're, bottom. They're actually relegated, even though they're they've a point more than sitting at this yeah. stage. Yeah, <laughs> it's, which is yeah. which is crazy. But um, that is the Division One uh, looked at now and. Uh, what we're going to do is, before we move on to the knockout tournaments, we're going to go back to that new segment, and it is David Rispin on the mic. Sidden. Sidden, um, Cormac Rowe and uh, Graham Gartland. Graham Gartland. My Nalvi. Uh, Sean Duggan, uh, the talisman there, and Davy McLaughlin. <laughs> Davy McLaughlin. Um, Old Castle. Uh, Keen McPartland, and uh, what was going to name someone that's on the... County, um, uh, Paddy Gilson. Oh, Paddy Gilson. Wolf Tones. Alan Callahan and Niall O'Reilly. Uh, Screen. Paddy O'Rourke and Ian Davis. Um, Paddy O'Rourke. Mm, X County, okay. X County. Well, so Paddy, Paddy Gilson. Uh, you yeah, you're so after you giving me a good few, but yeah. I can I can name oh, someone yeah. else. It's not the end of the li- well. <laughs> Steve, Stephen O'Brien. <laughs> Right, okay, I'll give it to you. I've Scru- played vocational schools Dun- for the county. Dun- 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 Development's gone to scouts. Uh, ben Duggan and um, Tommy Kinsella. Yeah, and Tommy Kinsella. Uh, St. Peter's Dunboyne. St. Peter's Dunboyne. Can I name Jared Robinson for the crack? Yeah, yeah. give it Jared Robinson, yeah. yeah. Yeah, thanks. And Mickey uh, Dunn. And Mickey Dunn, a mixer. Ah, yeah, good yeah. Old mixer. What a man. Um, so Dun- Dunamore Ashburn. Uh, Jack Hannigan and Andy Tormey. Um, Nafina. Dean um, Barrett and um, Brian Queenie. Uh, Rathout. Rathout. Brian Power, sure you're letting me away with ex-county lads and Keen O'Brien. Well, I'm, I wasn't, but... Oh, uh, but, but yeah, well, yeah, no, Keen O'Brien is finished playing, okay. supposedly. Joey Wallace. Okay. Um, okay. Summer oh, Hill. Joey hasn't played this year. Oh, yeah, that's true. Okay. Yeah, he's um, Do you know many people from Dublin? No. <laughs> uh, Duffy's the keeper, isn't he? Ah, yeah, yeah. former yeah. county player. Yeah, not me, county player. Which which retro player hasn't been a county yeah, player? That's it, exactly. <laughs> um, uh, Summerhill. Do you know anybody from Summerhill? Uh, Shawnee Dalton <laughs> and uh, Davy Dalton. Uh, that's brothers again. Okay, it? it's fine. Uh, Michal Byrne. Okay, and I love the way when he knows somebody else, it's fine. But when it's not, he's like, "What are you on about?" Yeah. Um, <laughs> Kells, Gail, Colin, Kill. <sighs> Brian's favourite Bino Hanlon and Seamus Matamo <laughs> uh, you're not allowed to mention players who should have been county players oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> that rules out Matamo yeah, as well <laughs> <laughs> very good uh, Simon St Gales ah uh, yourself the main man no you can't you can't pick me yeah I wasn't oh, going to Nate O'Brien and Brian McGrath and uh, Navin O'Matley's sure will how, how do you pick somebody who wasn't a county player there why most of the Navin and Matney's players are <laughs> county players as well uh, it actually were to be fair um, 
James O'Malley hasn't got a run for the county and who else hasn't got a run for the county on them? Um, Oshin O'Brien. He, well, he's played for Galway, but yeah. Oshin O'Brien. Man, yeah. yeah. Nice little bit of work between the two years there to get two Navin O'Malley spells. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Gilly, Gilson and there's a few of them. Gillespie. Or Gillespie, yeah. yeah he's Gil- got a run out with me though before. It's, uh, it's been a while, but uh, that is... The All County Football League reviews and uh, previews of uh, the final weekend next Sunday. It's going to be brilliant. Um, all games taking place next Sunday at the same time, and uh, it's uh, it, there's so many positions still left up for grabs, be it relegation positions or be it um, promotion or semi final final positions. So, uh, best luck to all players who are taking play taking part next weekend. We're going to move on now to the knockout tournament. Simon Sin took on Wolf Tones in the Fesh Cup on Wednesday night and came away with a five-point victory, 16 points to Wolf Tones, one goal and eight. And unfortunately, we had another walkover. It was Dunboyne taking on Longwood and Longwood gave Dunboyne the walkover. So they were all the knockout tournament games that were played this week. Just disappointing, David Rispin, I suppose, to see another um, walkover from a team in a competition that... A lot of teams do take very seriously. Yeah, I, I don't like it. I, I've said it before. I, I don't really agree with it, and I'm sure a lot of the players within the club actually wouldn't agree with it either. Which mm. is probably the real frustrating thing. There's guys crying out to get a bit of football, and you know you're actually giving games up. If it's a genuine thing where you actually don't have the numbers, then possibly you'd say right, that's a bit, that's a bit more fair. But like the, at the end of the day, we're talking about senior clubs, Manalvi Senior Club, Longwood Ara Senior Club. Yeah, they're they're struggling. You know they're they're down at the bottom of Division Three, but like Dunboyne aren't really setting the world alight either. At the minute, and they're no. down a lot of players at the moment as well. So, so it I, would have been yeah. a game that possibly would have been fairly evenly Com- matched. A little bit, yeah. Because it, yeah. yeah, because Dunboyne missing an awful lot of players at the moment. Now I know yeah. that Joe uh, Robinson uh, is back and he's uh, he's uh, lighting up the skies with <laughs> some of his football, but uh, it would have been a chance for a couple of young Longwood players to get to play against an experienced player like Joe. And like yeah, and at the end of the day, they're they're going to. Uh, like I, I don't see the the benefit in giving like they could come up they will come up against teams like Dunboyne in the remainder of the championship. So would you not want to be playing senior clubs That's going it. into the last few rounds of the championship? I, I just don't really understand it. Um as a player, I'd never ever want to concede a game no matter who we were playing or no matter yeah. what. He doesn't want to concede the game, but he's going on holidays next week at the last round of the league. Oh well pointed out. I'm well actually injured. The head is it with the ego getting a bit no, of a bait in here in the pod, is it? Do you not see my ankle? <laughs> um, we'll, about, we'll, we'll, um, we'll park that anyway. It's disappointing that Longwood uh, uh, conceded that game. It's also disappointing that you knew nobody from St Mary's Football Club. And St Mary's Football Club are going to be very, very disappointed with that themselves. But we'll move on. That's the knockout tournaments in the All-County Football League. Look at We're going to now move on to the Christie Ring. And uh, Mead took on Derry in the Athletic Grounds in Armagh Saturday, yesterday at 2pm um, and came away with a famous victory three goals in 24 to Derry's two goals in 18 and Kieran Flynn you were at this game it was an absolute fabulous game to attend it really was like the hurling it gets bashed in this podcast and it's totally unfair the hurling is unbelievable we we love the old hurling as John Andrews would say in Trim but uh, it was a great display some of the great players uh, Jack Regan scored 1-14 13 coming from set play Adam Gannon got four points. Gavin McGowan got 1-1. One, one. Nicky Parton didn't come on a sub and scored a great goal. He came in and he, he bet his player and he knocked in the top corner. It was like a bullet. You could barely see it go in the net. 
but overall the the team played very well. Like Derry had a good few Schlock Neil players, like high quality hurling they were bringing, and it was kind of to and fro a lot. And there was a few turning points in the game that kind of changed it. Like Derek Kelly uh, from Ratoth came out and he he blocked the ball down and he probably hit this man as well. But they actually played on the ref played on and we actually got a score out of it. But then he, he came back afterwards to book Derek Kelly because he realised he did flake him. But he never re- rectified the point and he let them score. And that was actually brought us back from being three down to two down. It was actually a big swing. But the scoring was quite good. We had 71% of our scores, 60 from play, 86 from freeze. It, it really, like, it was unreal. Like, one of, the, and one of the massive moments, Shane McGann, one of the best goalies in the country probably, especially at his level. Great save from a penalty. It was a fairly uh, dubious enough decision to give the penalty. It was a bit of a... The loose hand probably was a bit of dragon, but it's a game of hurling, not a game of badminton. So there's probably have to have a little bit of tone of wrong, like, and <laughs> he had the penalty, but McGann stepped up, saved it. Unreal, like. So the hurlers are playing the Christian ring the day before the the Leinster football final, and it's going to be cheap enough. It's probably going to be ten or fifteen euros in, but it's an absolute bargain. There's three hurling matches: the Nicky Rackard, the Laurie Marr, and the Christie Ring. It's going to be a serious day of hurling. Like the hurling this year has been unreal for me, and I just hope that we we rectify maybe. Some of the bad results we got last year, the Joe McDonough, and go back and win the Christie Ring again. So, and back probably to Leenans and Trim to one of the best parties you will ever, ever attend. Bar none. <laughs> Fact. <laughs> Believe that. <laughs> no, but it would, be, it would be great if they could go and win um, the Christie Ring again and get back into the McDonough Cup. Because I think with some of the young players that are after coming onto the scene, that they'd be more equipped going into that Joe McDonough Cup again. They will. There's talk as well. One or two of the players mightn't be available next year, but I, I don't, wouldn't want to bring that up maybe till this time with the Christmas maybe. But hopefully the younger players though are coming through a good setup and the hurling has got strong and Mead. I think we're just caught in a spot where we're just probably not good enough for the Joe McDonough Cup, but we're hopefully just got to a stage where it's slightly too good for the Christie Ring. So I don't. They're not going to create a new competition just for us when we play it ourselves. <laughs> but we just have to get to a level where the Joe McDonough is something that we can aspire to be in competitively. But hopefully we'll win the Christian Ring and that's the main goal for this year. And Hopefully Nick Fisher and the boys do it. I really hope they're doing it. Yeah, that game, as you said, is going to take place on the 22nd of uh, June, Saturday the 22nd. It's going to be, uh, we're not sure, we think it's going to be in uh, Crow Park. And well, that's going to be... It's definitely Crow Park. Just the time has to be, we're playing down in the hurling. Yeah, I was just going to say. And there the qualifiers for the football qualifiers will decide the time. If they're playing Saturday evening in down, for example... We could be playing a one or three in Crow Park. And just just you know, as you mentioned, the price into the uh, finals that day, 10 or 15 euro into Crow Park. Would it be possible to maybe get the ticket for, for, for the game and stay overnight and be ready for the, the Leinster final? I only jokingly said that to Maria Delaney, our secretary, because there's some kind of discount maybe. I'd say if you go in there into the loo, maybe one of the cubicles, <laughs> and you bring a blanket with you and a few cans of, of soda pop, you'd be flying and you'd be oh, well in for just on ticket prices last year the ticket prices were 25 euro for adults and a fiver for children but like still for three hurling games it's still cracking value yeah absolutely and, and hopefully 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 they'll bring it down but, uh, um, in price but if it is 25 euro as you said it will be worth, well worth uh, the value for three games we're going to move on now to the Mead Minor Hurlers and they were out on Friday night in Trim in the Padalahan Cup and got a famous victory over our neighbours Brian Kelly Westmead with a 117 to 16 victory and uh, um, a brilliant result for the Mead Minor Hurlers considering uh, 
what they've gone in gone through over the last few weeks, having won two great games and then suffering a heavy defeat um, the week after. Yeah, they were keen to bounce back from defeat to Kildare, and in fairness, that Kildare defeat was put in perspective on Saturday because Kildare qualified for the Leinster semi-final for the first time in their history by beating Offaly after extra time. So that's an excellent Kildare team, so that just puts that defeat in a bit of perspective. Um, they played Westmead on Friday evening in trim in the Paddlehan Cup, and they're two teams that coming up through the ranks have been fairly evenly matched. So it was a game that they targeted as a one to maybe get back in the horse and get a pick up a victory. Um, Captain James Murray was an inspirational form at midfield. I think over the hour he ended up with something like one goal and four points, but his general play was just outstanding. He was everywhere on the pitch. His leadership shone through throughout, and he's just he's a fantastic prospect for the future. Mm-hmm. And then a notable aspect, um, the full back. I think Gary McGovern showed incredible um, commitment to the cause. Or Gary Farrell, maybe. Um, he left a wedding on Friday to go and play the match. Like there's not many fellas would do that, leave a family wedding to go and play in the game and then go back Especially to the wedding. Especially when you're getting married, like. <laughs> <laughs> so, a, a, a minor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they advance now to the next round of the Paddle Hand Cup and they're awaiting a draw on Mon- probably on Monday morning to find out who to play next. Yeah, so it'd be great to see uh, the me minor hurlers uh, pushing on in that Paddle Hand Cup and uh, especially if this Mead senior hurling team can get over uh, uh, down in the Christie Ring final it'll be great to have a conveyor belt of good players coming through behind them so best luck to the Mead minor hurlers in the Paddle Hand Cup. We're going to move on now to the Mead under 20 footballers and they were playing on uh, Tuesday night in Park Tolchin and uh, Brian Kelly, you were at this game. Um, Mead, after a very convincing victory the week beforehand over Monaghan, uh, came a cropper to a strong downside, but Mead would have had a lot of players who were involved in exams and stuff at the moment and lost this game on a scoreline of Mead one goal and three, down two goals and 12. Yeah, and to be fair, the scoreline sounds... Horrific, but um, it doesn't tell the story of the game at well, all. You're going to tell us the story of the game and, well, tell, us, and tell us why, how that doesn't sound bad. If you didn't interrupt me, Mickey, I might, I might have got the chance. Well, I, just, I, I can't wait for this. I'm sitting back. Go on. Well, over the course of the game, Mead hit about 10 wides. They missed six glorious goal-scoring opportunities. Like They missed a couple of one-on-one chances. Like they definitely had plenty of opportunities to rack up a, a good tally themselves. It just didn't happen for them on the night. Um, down now, to be fair, a very good team. But there's no way that Mead team on Tuesday night showed half their ability because Connor Frayne and a few more of the forwards, if they get those chances again, they'll bury them. Like Frayne, Frayne Bound, um, was making his first start in the county jersey after a long spell out injured and he kicked, I think he actually kicked all, all the scores maybe over the course of the match for the team. 1-2 in the first half and a point in the second. Well the thing about this is it's, it is a development league. Well that's so, it. Um, and it wasn't the same team that took the field the week before. No. They are making uh, changes and whatever. As you said they did have plenty of opportunities to score in that game. But probably weren't at full strength at the same time. No, they were far from at full strength. There's a few lads carrying injuries at the minute. Liam Bourne from Dunboyne and Carl Vinnigan are two lads that are injured. And then you have more lads doing the leaving cert. Luke Mitchell, Carl Hickey, Keen McBride. McBride. I think Harry O'Higgins possibly is doing the leaving as well. Where is he from? Uh, Kilmainham. Kilmainham, yeah. 
And uh, <laughs> Sean Ryan from Dunboyne, who was an excellent player for the 20s last year, he's doing the leaving as well. So if you take all them out of any team, you're going to be sorely, severely depleted. I just want to rem- yeah, remind us that the game in Armagh is not on this Monday the, the 10th. That was scheduled to be on. It's postponed. It might p- not be played. It's hard. We don't know yet. It could be the following Tuesday. It's not, it's not going to decide qualification. But it's, de- it's not on the Athletic Grounds Monday. Just, we did tweet that and put it on social media and send it to the clubs. But just make sure if you if you didn't get one of our five media announcements, this is now the sixth one. Now and you, you <laughs> don't go to the Athletic Grounds. <laughs> that was for the under 20s against Armagh was it? Yeah. yeah okay well, so um, just keep an eye on social media um, for an update on that fixture we're going to move on now uh, to the Mead Juniors and we were, they were taking on the old foes on Wednesday night in uh, Park Tolchin it was uh, loud <laughs> and Mead came away with a victory here 17 points to Loud's 2 goals and 10 points David Rispin Loud getting two early goals and putting Mead on the back foot for a lot of that game. Yeah, I think Mead were seven points down at half. Six points down, seven points down, one or the other. Um, and it didn't look good at all. They had a bit of a breeze in Midley, uh second half, but they weren't playing that well at the time. And uh, you couldn't see where the revival was going to come from. But an inspired substitution at halftime was the introduction. Darren Finney from Castletown came on um Kicked a point straight away, kicked an excellent score, but had a hand in so much more, kicked another point then towards the end, and he really made a huge difference. Um, and they got to grips with Loud as well around midfield. Loud dominated first half, but they start Mead started winning breaking ball in that second half. Defenders were on top. Michael Flood was outstanding at fullback, the captain of the team. He really led by example and actually drove forward as well where possible. A couple of the Mead senior lads who were featuring, Danny Quinn, Jason Scully, Sean Riley, you could tell the kind of classes the game wore on. I thought Sean Riley was magnificent on the night. Um, Frank O'Reilly too, on the 40. He's obviously had you know uh, experience playing with the Mead minors and, and Mead 20s and that in previous years. He was superb. Um, you know, his, 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 his all-round play, obviously we know what he... What he offers us in the scoring sense, but the you know the way he's so composed on the ball and always has time on the ball to pick passes and that kind of thing. I thought he was really good. Um, Kevin Ross, it was it was a difficult night to be a full forward because of the way the wind was and the the ball was a little bit slippy in that too. But uh, Kevin Ross is very good with the freeze. Probably all round play was a little bit quieter than we we come to expect from. But that was it was a tricky night, as it says, to be a full forward. But the thing I loved about the game and it was so watchable was that there was no uh, there was no real sweepers or that it was kind of just a kind of good old fashioned open, ga- open game of football and it made for a, a cracking spectacle for a pretty decent crowd that, that went into it and, and seeing what Mead had to offer um, the, the interesting thing I suppose was that there was no Longwood lads on it you know they, they were the intermediate champions last year and you know notoriously we we'd always have a huge representation from the intermediate Mm-hmm. champions from the year before and you know there wasn't any Longwood lands on it so it was literally made up of Baron the goalkeeper obviously from the Chocolin, um Adam McDermott who didn't play senior with his club last year the rest mm-hmm. of the lads um, all are from intermediate and junior clubs and I think Cormac Brady says it on Twitter there was like North Mead yeah, North uh, Mead were playing North Mead, were playing, not Mead. but uh, there was a huge North Mead representation on it which is great to see because you know we like to see a lot of those a lot of those players from North Mead would have been uh, taught by Kieran Vince Fatter by the way would they yeah yeah a lot of them would have from no, North mostly Mead. he only taught the good senior footballers really to oh, be honest yeah. most of them the kind of the outskirts not these are only the boys in the town of Kells they're really good lads from Gale Cullen Kittle now come on now. <laughs> but a lot of those <laughs> North Mead lads would have went to school in Kells would they not 
Oh, not in the primary school, no. They have their own little wee ones out in the country, no? Oh, right, okay. So, they'll ditch schools and all the head schools, you know? <laughs> so, obviously, they're, they're going to get a day out in Crow Park before the Leinster final, yeah. playing Kildare and playing Johnny Doyle, who we talked about last week. And uh, Came on and kicked three points as well. I was in with Stephen O'Rourke. He's a selector with the with the Mead Juniors. I was in with him on the day after, I think it was Thursday, I was in with him, and uh, he was saying that he, he's delighted that Johnny Doyle came on and scored three points because he says in the build-up to this game, all the talk is going to be about Johnny Doyle. It's going to be like a Johnny Doyle circus. And he says it'll suit me perfect to kind of just go in under the radar. Not a word about them. It's all about Johnny Doyle being back in Crow Park playing 42 years of age. And there won't be a mention of the haircut that you got off Stephen O'Rourke. Uh, no, no, we'll keep that. We'll keep that PG, you know. <laughs> but uh, one sort out for a discount. Just, uh, just reference the podcast. I, I'm, try, I'm trying to preserve my hair. I don't need There's to not much to get cut. Yeah, well, that's that's my point exactly. Um, I'm trying to preserve Mickey, it. Mickey that doesn't cut around here, you know. Be <laughs> um, no, wonderful uh, win for the B Juniors, and they only go from strength to strength. They've had it difficult with training a whole lot. Mm. Like now, they'll be able to get lads out training or whatever. The one thing I'd be worried about, though, about this is that they're playing in the Leinster uh, final against Kildare mm. on the 23rd. There's a final round of league fixtures next weekend. Is there going to be a clamp put down on the uh, junior players not to play with their with their clubs next uh, weekend? No, I wouldn't think so. There wasn't before the the other game. And in fairness, they've, they've, Davey, Davey Nelson's been kind of good and let lads and we've already spoke about the importance of this last round of the league yeah. so if it was a thing that you're not going to let lads off then I'd, I'd be inclined to just postpone the whole round of it until the following week if, if possible but I, but there's no time to play the yeah, league no. like so, there's, so, there's six weeks yeah. of summer there where there's yeah. summer holidays are booked boys are going to Bettison Beach yeah. there's loads of stuff on where are you going to fit this league there's in festivals there's concerts like there's six weeks there's going to be summer there. lads training with Colin Kills for that six weeks yes. <laughs> like where are they going to fit Davey where are they going to fit it in I, I don't know but um, no I'd imagine the league will go on ahead look at it probably isn't ideal but They've, they're going to get three weeks now to actually prepare whereas they, they had very yeah. little time which we mentioned last week before the Lau game and you were kind of going in they had a couple, they played a couple of challenge matches and they had a, literally two or three training sessions that mm-hmm. was it so to come out and actually get the results and, and gel so well it, it took a bit of time in the game but to, the way they finished and you have to remember they were missing Daryl Griffin who's probably going to be one of their leaders in midfield Yeah, he was injured so you'd like to hope he could be back Darrow, I think it's, it's probably not looking good but as you mentioned he's a huge loss to them so them two lads will make a big difference I wouldn't discount more lads probably coming into the panel between now and then either Absolutely. I think there could be another couple of additions which would just strengthen the squad like I, I'd love to see them doing well and win that Leinster but I'd uh, hope that uh, it doesn't affect uh, these players on that junior team understandably anybody who's involved meet senior team playing the Leinster final against mm-hmm. Dublin you, you can understand why they're not going to be involved with their clubs next weekend but I do yeah. hope that the junior team the meet junior team that all those players are allowed to play with the club next weekend. I'd say so, yeah. Is there any players that you think might get called in, Davy? You know, you're you're in at Stephen during the week. <laughs> he didn't ask you, no. He, he actually did, um, but uh, I can't. Disclose, you're on holidays. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I can't disclose any information. That'd be that'd be confidential. So that's what he meant. I, just, I had a question there. I was wondering maybe the the Twitter verse might answer it. Who is Mead's best forty two year old footballer? I wonder. Who's like who's the best we could bring in? Like the class of whatever. Who's the best 42-year-old footballer? Who played intermediate last year? Oh, no, Anderson. Well, yeah, who's available for selection? Do- yeah. Dahi Riley's playing. He's 42. He's playing oh, centre-back for St. Michael's. Yeah, the Twitter verse. The oh, Twitter sorry, sorry. Yeah. I'm just giving my opinion. <laughs> uh, you can answer us on Twitter. Yeah. We, we, to be honest, if we actually brainstormed a few names 
or if we got a few names in from from the listeners, we could make another poll possibly with the names yeah, and absolutely. get people to start voting. That That's might be an interesting thing. Breath, yeah. It's a great idea. Yeah. So it is. Uh, I'll leave that up to you. Um, I'm going to move on now. Uh, well done to the Mead Juniors um, making the Leinster final. It's going to be a cracking day in Crow Park on the 23rd of June when uh, Mead will play Dublin and Mead will play Kildare in a double header. So we're going to move on now, lads, to the main event, and that is. We did Dublin uh, already. Oh. Uh, uh, oh, the other main event, sorry. Uh, the Leinster semi-final that took place today. Um, Mead taking on Leash. This game in Crow Park at 2pm and Mead came away with a famous victory. Three goals and 13 points to Leash's 11 points. And I suppose before we go to the interviews, we've got two brilliant interviews. One with Andy McIntyre and one with Brian Menton. Um, Kieran Flynn, um, quite like double scores in the end but probably flatters me the slight bit. Yeah, I think so. The The first uh, probably 15 minutes of the game was quite drab and there was very little scoring up until about the 14th minute. There was only about two points on the board for Mead and Leach only got their first point about the 14, 15 minutes. So the game started off very lethargically with both sides and it, it was kind of, everyone in the stand, including myself and Brian were sitting in the dugout, we were like, when is, it, when is this game going to start? The atmosphere was quite dead. But kind of in that around 16, 70 minutes, both teams started to score. Mead started picking up the pace. And the scoreline does probably flatter Mead because it, it was a lot closer. Like, Leash hit the crossbar in that game and they had chances to score. I think just maybe if there was a few good moments from our defenders, maybe kept them out. And we're going to probably reference uh, Andrew Colgan's. Do you want me to say it now or would I hold on to me? For the ratings, maybe. It's his true. like his save was world-class. There's no other word to say it. Like uh, Kings, he's probably up there with Monica Burgerk at this stage. That's to say, like, it's isn't it great that we have so many good netminders in Mead? Like, and like uh, Donald Kingston, he took a step back and he went to place the ball, and I was just thinking that kind of that gives the goalkeeper a chance because if he drills it, there's a, uh, he's more than likely going to miss it, but there's a chance if it goes in, he's not going to touch it. But once he placed it, it gives Colgan a chance to save it, and he just sprung. He was like Hong Kong Fu. Remember him in the old cartoons in the eighties? <laughs> he sprung straight across the goals. He was like. A, like a like a mad joke, and he went straight across. World class save, and it really, it really keeps us like ticking. When you know your backs and your goalkeeper are, are looking after you at the back, it gives you the license to go forward. And I think that's a great moment for Colgan, who who a lot of people might give out about at, in the past. I think he's he's nailed himself on as being a top goalkeeper if he can keep this going. Uh, Brian Kelly, it was nip and tuck as well. It was five points to four to Mead at one stage, but then two goals late in the first half gave Mead that cushing run into the half time whistle. Yeah, and um, for a long spell, the only player who had scored early on was Seamus Lavin, which not too many would have predicted. But the two goals came at a vital stage. It just gave you a bit of breathing space on the run into half-time. Um, Brian Menton struck for a goal, and then Donald Kogan got taken down for a penalty. Actually, we were sitting there and we were wondering, is this going to be another 20-10? Yeah. It looked as though Kogan could end up carrying the ball over the line. Because <laughs> he just went up, he caught the ball coming in over his shoulder, and in the collision with two leash fellas, he just ended up in the ground and nobody knew what was happening for a second. But Mickey Newman, after, as Andy referenced afterwards, he missed a penalty against Carlo and um, he showed great guts today. To step. He missed one against Dublin as well in the World Cup, didn't he? Yeah, well, the Carlo one was the one that was referenced. Oh, Mickey. yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying. But he showed great guts today to step up and take another penalty and he really stuck it right into the corner. It was an unstoppable effort. And they... Like that gave you a huge boost in a half time because up to then it was very tight. 
Leash had missed a good few chances through Evan O'Carroll. Had they been taking their chances, they could have been ahead at that stage. But fair play, Menton showed great leadership to come through and bury a chance. And then Newman, even though they tried everything they could to put him off before he took the penalty, he kept ahead, he showed great composure and he really ra- rifled it into the back of the net. And just as you mentioned, Brian Menton's goal. David Rispin, um, uh, I suppose a word for the for, for Brian Menton before we go to his interview, um, which... Uh, I suppose you could hear it from him. He uh, he was quite confident that he was going to get in the scoreboard. Yeah, and it's something I discussed with him. You know, the the added scoring dimension he's after adding to his game this year. Look, look at he's he was always good for a score, but he's regularly chipping in with at least a point, possibly two in most games. Today he got two goals, but um, it's probably something that he's when he first arrived onto the panel, he was a defender first and foremost. Now he's he's evolved into a midfielder, but he's actually evolved into an attacking midfielder. Whereas when Adam Flanagan or Shea McAtee are there with him, whoever it is, they generally kind of hold or they're more defensive than he is. Whereas he's allowed to kind of go and play and add into the attack, which we've we've spoken about many times. Technically, he's excellent mm-hmm. for for a big man and a, and a midfielder. He's, he's and for a defender. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah, he won. He won man of the match with DIT in Sigerson. Yeah, pulled it back like and he. Yeah, for he got a, it. probably not touching the ball now. Yeah, he, Mark he, and Murphy wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, he, and he he basically and he got a rising star as well, like an all star in the third level as well at full back. Like so, mm. as I said, it, it's it's testament like he's he's moved up the field and it's mm. normally when lads get older they're like through the Dwight York. Remember Dwight York was a great striker and he ended up playing sweeper for Trinidad <laughs> Tobago. So at least Brian Mental's going the other way, he's getting up the field, which well, is great. Like. Well uh having having uh, just spoken about him for so long. Just just before we do, sorry, Brian has literally got the stats on each player and just to kind of further emphasize emphasize our point, he's got two twelve out of he's got two twelve in championship football. To date. in his career. Since yeah. he made his debut against Kildare Which back in twenty eleven. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. And we're going to go to the Brian Menton interview um, just now. If you'd like to advertise on the We Are Mead podcast, please get in contact with us by emailing wearemead at gmail.com or contact Damien on 085-1127-089. The We Are Mead podcast, because it matters more. Delighted to be joined now by Mead captain uh, Brian Menton. Brian, um, super win in the end, 11 points. It was probably, Andy says it probably flattered us a little bit in the end of the scoreline, but it was it was comfortable. Yeah, it was. It was it was comfortable in the end, and, and you know, we probably didn't finish the game off like we would, would have liked to. You know, we missed a lot of chances in the last 10 minutes. Yeah. But, um, you know, we, we kind of finished our goals, and luckily we had Andy Coggan pull, pull off a great save, and they rattled the crossbar as well, and, and missed, missed probably five or six chances in the first 10 minutes. So, could have been a lot more pressure on us, um, but it was nice to go in five points up at half time, and we probably didn't deserve to. Mm, and then I suppose to start the second half, it was a little bit the same as the first. It, it took us a while to kind of get going, and you know they had a goal chance, which you said Andy's that Andy's made a great save from, and then made two two saves actually, and then the crossbar as well came to our rescue. But then it was you know when when you did settle into it and get back into the run of things, second half it was kind of plain sailing from there on in. Yeah, it was. We probably probably didn't play at a hundred miles an hour. Um, I I don't know what the reason was, but yeah. we we know now that we're going to have to up it up at a level massively. Not you know we can't give away them chances now when we when we playing in the Leinster final in a couple of weeks' time. So. Um, you know, we we will be punished. We know we'll be punished. Mm-hmm. Um, and luckily, 
them chances didn't happen for for Leash today, um, and 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 we finished ours. So, you know, that's that's the rub of the green. You kind of have to get yeah. as well. You know, it's part and parcel of the game. And I'd like to think that you make your own look. But look, um, there was probably a bit of pressure on on the on the kicking in the first ten minutes, and and that's why he missed. But uh, I know it's, it's it's great to get the rub of the green and get over the line. I suppose I won't reference the luck, making your own luck. But two goals for yourself today. There was nothing lucky about them, but two fine finishes. Um, where did yeah. they come from? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'd, 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 I'd fancy myself to get a couple of scores in the yeah. game, and <laughs> they're not usually goals, but it was just the way it pulled out. I just the ball went into Killian for the first one, um, and I just seen space open up in the middle. It was probably around the thirty-minute mark in the, in the first mm. half, so you know that's when when the team can start to get tired before half time. Um, and the ball went out to Killian and it just opened up in the middle and I roared to make sure that he gave the ball to me so he didn't have much yeah, of a choice because yeah. you probably would have fancied swinging it on the, on the left foot himself but uh, I look at it, I just I put the head down then and, and skipped in and just, just hit it as hard as I could and luckily, luckily it went in. And I suppose the, the extra scoring dimension you've, you've sort of added to your game this year, it's been notable, is, is that something you've worked on and, and probably the midfield role has probably helped in the sense that you can kind of join the attack a little bit more often than you might have previously? Well, I probably, probably because in my first five or six years with Mead, I probably played the defensive role. Mm. You know, I, I didn't play in midfield. And until Andy came in and basically said, Brian, you're, you're a midfielder now, um, you know, that, at, at that point, I kind of had to back myself. You know, if you yeah. look at the top midfielders in Ireland now, they're, they're, they're covering serious mileage, they're competing with kickouts, and they're also getting on the scoreboard. So it's a, a part of the game, yeah, I've worked on. Um, it's probably probably been in the locker because I play with the club there. Mm. Um, but I'm, I'm definitely backing myself to, to, to get a couple of scores in the game. Come on, that's great. And just in terms of the next day, I know it's, you know, we don't know who at this stage, you know, we're going to be playing or that. Yeah. It, obviously, is there any preference? And and you, you've already said that we'll have to up our game regardless of who and what we're playing. Yeah, like Kildare would be close to it, close to being a, a Division One team, and mm. you know Dublin are the, are the top team in Ireland. So either way, it's it's going to be it's going to be a really really tough battle, um, and we know we're going to have to up up the level massively the next day. So it's, look, at, we'll go out and we'll assess it, and we'll we'll do our our video reviews on on whichever team it is, and yeah. You know, hopefully, hopefully we'll learn something, and probably more important that we we concentrate on our own game and that we can we can up at another level. And if it is to be Dublin, I know the Dunham Ashburn links. You'd, you'd probably have a few of the neighbouring county, you know, in and around the the club. There'll probably be a bit of banter if it was to be Dublin for the next two weeks. Yeah, yeah, of course. And look, a lot a lot of people probably won't give us a chance. Um, and and it's probably more motivation living in in the likes of Ashburn. You know, you see, yeah. you see. <laughs> I was just saying there to a few of the other lads. You see, probably, you know, the bus stops and everything going into Crow Park are full, full with Dublin jerseys. But look at these people have have been from Dublin all their life and they've yeah. they've moved out. So hopefully, uh, we can convert a few of them if we if, <laughs> if we start to start to compete and start yeah. to start to win a, a bit of silver. You know. Yeah, uh, Brian, brilliant! Congratulations Cheers. and all the best the next day. So David has been after listening to that interview with uh, Brian Menton. Uh, you know he. Uh, Referenced it there before, and he, he he was quite confident that he was going to pick up a couple of scores, but um, wasn't so confident that it was going to be goals. But you know, drifted into the positions, and Killian O'Sullivan was definitely going to hear him, even in Crow Park, the way he rode at him to, to get that ball off him. Yeah, it was the classic late run onto the play, and then it was just a little slip pop pass, and that's really what contributed to both of the goals. But there was nothing we referenced, we were chatting about 
kind of lucky breaks and stuff and getting the run of things. But there was nothing lucky about the goals or the finishes. They were they were quality finishes. First one was um, low and under the keeper and into the corner. Second one was kind of drive and run, top corner. Uh, fantastic finish, executed brilliantly. So um, showed real composure for, you know, someone who you wouldn't associate with scoring goals. I know he's, he's good at chipping in at the points, but there's first two goals in championship football for me. So... Um, took them like a season pro yeah absolutely brilliant and Brian uh, Kelly um, looking at it now I suppose Mead faced Dublin in uh, a Leinster final it's great to be back in a Leinster final there's no doubt about that but Andy McIntyre he's under no illusions that you know that Mead are going to have to up their, their game before they go into a Leinster final to compete with Dublin and they do have a lot to work on after that game they have a lot to work on like Early on, after 13 minutes, he'd scored a point. You're going to need to start better against Dublin. The underdog always needs a good start to a game just to get their confidence up. We dropped a few shots short today. We kicked, we were, took a few shots from angles where you'd rather not be shooting. And overall, like there's a, an awful lot of improvement can be got there from what we've seen today. It's great. It's a huge thing to win a semi-final by 11 points and know that there's 20-30% more in that team. Because... Like midfield, we did well, but you could say there's you could have won a little bit more ball there. The half forward line, we didn't get a huge amount of scores from there today. Killian O'Sullivan went, went into corner forward, so other than Brian McMahon scoring two points, you didn't get much of a score and tried. Ben Brennan played very well, but it was more as a link player and a hard worker. Mm-hmm. Um, James McEntee moved up from the half-back line to the half-forward line today and he didn't really threaten the scoreboard. He'd one chance early on to score a point, but he spotted uh, James Conlon in a slightly better position and Conlon stuck it over the bar. But you're going to need more than two points from your half-forward line if you're going to beat Dublin realistically in the Leinster final. And Kieran Flynn, I suppose, looking at it, you know, we always say that um, <clears throat> Andy McIntyre is always going to throw something left of field at you when you're going into a game, I suppose. Playing James McIntyre as a wing forward was a bit of a shock. And uh, starting Ronan Ryan at centre-back and putting Donald Kyogen in at wing-back, again, you know, he's never predictable, that's for sure. No, I think that's probably healthy that the panel kind of know that uh, they have the chance. If they they play well, they will get on. Like, Ronan Ryan was actually excellent today, and I think a lot of credit has to be given to a young man that wasn't he was starting the league he probably felt himself getting a bit comfortable maybe lost his place but he obviously battled well at training because he didn't really get game time to rectify it and he probably just put his hand up and said like I want that start and he was excellent today like and it just shows that I think Andy McEntee for the most part this year has got a right in the line with regards tactics and especially with the substitutions and of course like the bringing like starting James Conlon like we, that was our debate here last podcast like would he keep him as the impact substitution or would he start him and I think like he did have great impacts throughout the game, which probably like it just kind of shows that he he's an impact player and he, he can really hurt you when it when it counts. So I think Andy's got the got his panel right so far. I think, and I think that's pretty much. And it kind of buys into the stats then, though. Probably that uh, we did have an awful lot of shots today. We had thirty four shots, scoring sixteen of them, which is forty seven percent. Twenty nine were from play, scoring fourteen, which is forty eight percent. Uh, we had five set plays. We scored two, which is 40%. Uh, Leash, probably a bit of the story of the game is they're very poor shooting today. A lot of bad wides early on, especially. They had 27 shots, scoring 11, which is 40%. Right. 20 from play, scoring six, which is 30%. But then, especially with Evan O'Carroll and Donald Kingston, they had seven free, scoring five. So uh, that was actually a big talking point as well, was Evan O'Carroll been taken off after missing a few frees. 
because Donald Kingston showed to be an excellent player like he has for years and uh, myself and Brian when we were in with the interviews after the game uh, John Sugar was asked about that basically why did he take off Evan O'Carroll was it injury or tactical and he basically just abruptly said tactical full stop no more <laughs> he wasn't yeah he basically <laughs> just wasn't he wasn't given much more away like but a lot of people are bitten. He probably should have stayed on, or maybe if if Kingston had stayed, if Kingston had started, he probably would have scored those three or four frees early on, and Mead would have been an awful bother, maybe. So we're lucky too, like that that yeah. good player wasn't on. Hindsight is always twenty twenty vision. Yeah. And you look at you you look at the Ulster semi final today, and you know the substitutions that came on for our man made a huge difference as well. So you know, a player coming off the bench. Donny Kingston didn't start the last day either against Westmead. Yeah. So it's and Evan. Um, that was our point with James Condon. Like, would he make a better impact as a sub or a starter? Yeah. And thankfully, so far, it doesn't matter. He's made the impact <laughs> both ways. So both ways. it's great. Like, so hopefully, yeah. if he starts the next day, he makes an impact. If he doesn't start, he comes on a sub and makes an impact. That's what you want. Just uh, something to bring us back to uh, last week. The team that started today was Andrew Colgan, Seamus Lavin, Conor McGill and Shane Gallagher. Uh, Donald Keoghan was uh, wing half back. Uh, Ronan Ryan started at centre back and then Gavin McCoy on the left. Um, Brian Menton and Adam Flanagan in the middle of the field. Wing half forward was James Ma- James Mac- James McEntee. Brian McMahon and Ben Brennan and then corner forward was Killian O'Sullivan, Mickey Newman was full forward and James Condon was the other corner forward and we tried to pick this team last week and I have it here lads um, I think we all went for the full back line and the goalkeeper so we're right on that so we'll give you all a correct on that David Rispin is probably worried that I didn't have his uh, selections in I have your selections in that you made last week even though the two lads went uh, for uh, I said that it was majority yeah, wins. Yeah. I still wrote in yours at wing half back, we had Paul Carnan or James McEntee. I think both of you's these two boys had gone for Paul Carnan and you had gone for James McEntee or the I, other way around. No, I went for James McEntee wing forward. Uh, you, you said he could be wing forward. Said, yeah, that's what I said. Um, so, uh, uh, with Paul Carnan, sorry. Paul Carnan would start. Yeah, injured, no, I didn't. At wing back. He was injured, so we were so unfortunately wrong. The, the, position, the, only, the only position we get right there is Gavin McCoy because Donald Hogan started at wing back and Ronan Ryan stepped into centre half back. Brian Menton and uh, Adam Flanagan was your pick. The two boys went for Paul Carnan. Um, at midfield see, when Harnham was not there sure, we all would have said yeah, yeah, yeah. come here come here, come here, come here. you don't no 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 you don't need <laughs> to make excuses we're just giving the people the facts of what you said last week don't have to be worried don't worry about no, it nobody's going nobody's judging you Brian nobody's judging you um, at wing half forward everybody had Killian O'Sullivan and Ben Brennan you had moved into centre forward yeah. and uh, James McEntee at wing forward and the two boys had gone for Brian McMahon at centre forward and Ben Brennan at wing half forward. So they got two out of the uh, three half forwards right. Now, full forward was Michael Newman. Everybody got that right. Uh, the two boys went with Sean Tobin and Tomas O'Reilly. You went with Brian McMahon and James Condon. So you get one tick for James Condon. Um, and the other corner forward was going to be Killian O'Sullivan. So it was a... It just shows you how tough it was to pick that team, and nobody got it right in the end. Do you I know what I mean? There was like there was a lot of fluctuating going on. I, you know, we did we did in in most of the lines we kind of got the players, Baron Harnan and that. Yeah. Uh, he he kind of threw a spanner in everyone's works. And Tomas O'Reilly and yeah, uh, but but it, but it was just I suppose the the change in nature of the actual positional 
um, changes you, within within the yeah, lines. Yeah, yeah. You were you were listening to me only two minutes ago when I told him I didn't need excuses. No, I'm not. No, no. I'm, I'm backing up. Sorry, I'm. I'm not making excuses. I'm backing up the point like that. The 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 forward line, especially, they're so comfortable playing wherever they're put. So like Killian O'Sullivan, for example, I know he didn't really play. He lined out at corner forward, but he came out and kind of played out the field. Now, he did at times stay inside. But what I'm saying is they're comfortable. Brian McMahon could go in there and do a job. O'Sullivan could do it. And my my point, uh, to bring me on to the subs as yeah. well, was just that it's so hard to pick. As you said, uh, all these players are interchangeable in the whole lot. And then when you're looking at your subs, you've got Barry Dardis and Dara Campion on the bench. Dara Campion had come on and was brilliant the last day. Mm. Um, uh, Barry Dardis, who has been brilliant over the course of the last few games and whatever, and they don't get a run today. Yeah. But Eaton Devine and Thomas McGovern get in. So it just shows you, like, he's keeping the whole thing fresh the whole time. And uh, he's he's not letting any players rest on their laurels and, and, and think that they're guaranteed a position or to come on uh, at some stage in the game. As I, say, I think, as I, I think I referenced it earlier, it's definitely healthy, the fact that I think lads really are fighting for their place. And they genuinely, it's an open panel. Like, the, the lads that are in that training panel, whatever, it's about 32 or three players at the moment, Brox, like, they all have a realistic chance of making the 26. And that's kind of nearly what lads are fighting to just get on the panel, to get on the bus. As I said that I said, like, they're fighting for their place. And then when you get in that 26, there is a cohort maybe of six lads who are probably not safe in the 15 and that's they're changeable like you know what I mean so like uh, a lot of the lads like Andy like uh, basically has just I think he knows his players so well at this stage like he, he's been with them now for so many so many games like and we had such a good run in the league and even I'd say maybe it seems so long ago now we had to stay overnight down in Clare and Limerick that he probably got to talk to a lot of lads and kind of maybe get a bit more out of them and kind of link up more it was a bit of a team bonding thing we talked about at the time like but he starts to know these lads and like everything about them, and there's a good atmosphere in the panel, like really good atmosphere. And I think yeah. it's it's shown in the field. Yeah, absolutely. Just as you mentioned, Andy, uh, Davy Risman caught up with Andy McEntee after the game. If you'd like to advertise on the We Are Mead podcast, please get in contact with us by emailing wearemead at gmail.com or contact Damien on 085 1127. 089 The We Are Me podcast because it matters more. Delighted to be joined by Mead manager Andy McAtee. Andy, um, your first Leinster final with Mead and Mead's first Leinster final in five years to, since 2014. It's a long time, but it's probably great to be to be back. Sure, I mean, it, it's too long for, uh, for a county like Mead not to be in the Leinster final. Uh, and it is great to be back. That's that's our uh, that was our target at the start of the year, and uh, there's no point in saying otherwise. That's, yeah. that's where we want to be. And I suppose you, you know you've achieved one target in, in terms of the league and promotion, and another one now in terms of Leinster final. Is it you know is it a case of now focusing on the Leinster final, obviously, and, and then maybe turn the attention to the Super Eight? Is that the next target? No matter well, what I mean, way we, we try and go about it. Yeah, I mean the target for us, I mean it's it's games, and we were at mm. a stage of development. So the most games, the more games we get, the the better. So Super Eights has always been, you mm. know, uh, a goal. Uh, I think a realistic goal. Uh, but we'll we'll we have a lot we have a lot to do before we uh, before we get there. Mm. We have a lot of improving to do. Today was was good in spots, but yeah. it was also fairly average in spots too. Yeah, and I suppose that first fifteen minutes, it was, it was, um, it wasn't a classic, I suppose. But we kind of got to grips with what Leash were about, and 
they were they were laterally passing the ball across the field and it probably took us a little bit of time to adjust and get used to it. But when we did, I think the shackles came off and then the two goals before half-time probably came at a, at a great time for us. Sure, you know, the, the goals before half-time were, it was a really important phase of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it did take us a while. I wasn't, you know, it wasn't part of the plan to try and soak them up. By, mm. uh, but it just, it just worked out that way. And I suppose the fact that they... Yeah, they won a couple of early balls and they, they ended up maybe dominating. I know we got the first score, but uh, I suppose defensively we were reasonably well set up. Uh, they were struggling. A lot of the shots they were taking were being taken under pressure. Uh, so, yeah, you know, there's definitely definitely areas of our game that we can work on. Of course. Um, the two boys that came in for the first championship start today, Ronan Ryan and James Conlon, must have been impressed with their performances. Oh, I thought they were excellent. Uh, I thought they were really excellent. Uh, I, thought, I thought Ronan Ryan really, uh, really read the game well and managed the game well. Mm. He, he, his sense of positioning was very good. And uh, uh, obviously, Banty got five scores from play. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. Really, he could have had a couple more, possibly. Yeah, he dropped a couple of short. Yeah, uh, and uh, he probably dropped two short, did he? Three, I think. Three. Yeah. Oh, uh, don't tell him that. Though. No, yeah, I <laughs> um, will tell him. That. <laughs> um, then, in terms of Paul Carnan, I know you know had a great game the last day. You know, suffered an injury since. Um, how is he? And is, is yeah, Porrick yeah. suffered a, an injury in, in training the other day, so we'll just have to we'll have to monitor it and see how it goes. I mean, it's hard it's hard to know exactly uh, where he's going to be at in two weeks' time, but. Uh, He'll be doing, I know Parik, he'll be doing everything he can to, to be ready and uh, he'll get every help. In terms of the panel then, I suppose, it just shows the strength and depth. You can bring in someone like Ronan Ryan who hasn't started a championship game yet and come in and just looked at home there and even the guys coming on, like we've seen Thomas McGovern today, for example, Ethan Devine as well. Is it giving these lads a bit of experience at Pro Park before possibly you know, you really need to... Throw them into the heat of the Well, I thought it was important for them. I mean, they've worked. All of those guys have worked really, really hard. Uh, you know, it was good. And I'm delighted for Thomas McGovern to get to get. Uh, that's his first taste of championship mm. football. That takes the mystery out of it for him. Yeah. Ethan came on and showed a lot of energy too. Uh, you know, the, the, the more fellas that come on like that uh, and get a taste of it and realise, you know. There's no real mystery about this. Yeah, I just got to yeah. go and play. It's another game of football in a, in a, in a nicer surrounds, all right, yeah. and a little bit more pressure. But they're well able for it. So, mm. and just in terms of the final, then I know it's hearsay at this stage, but um, you know, what's your thoughts if it is to be Dublin? Let's just say, for example, is it? It's me than Dublin. It's it's. Ah, look at what I mean. I mean, I grew up, you know, wanting to play in a Maiden Dublin game, uh, Leinster final, you know. It was always it was always uh, the match mm. of the year, for, you know, back when especially when it was when it was knockout. I think these fellas are the same, uh, but I think none of us would be naive to think that you know a performance like that today would uh, would be good enough to play. Uh, certainly, you know, the likes of Dublin when they're moving well. So uh, we have a lot of work to do. Sure, but there is there is plenty more in the tank, and there is probably a lot more to come from your side. And that's probably a good problem to have after coming away with an 11 point win yeah yeah, I think so yeah but it's going to have, there's going to have to be I mean yeah. that's that's the bottom line it's going to have to be an awful lot better than that uh, and uh, we have a lot of work to, to squeeze into two weeks mm-hmm. absolutely Andy thanks a million and congratulations thank you cheers welcome cheers so uh, Davey I suppose it would be only right to go to you after speaking to uh, Andy McEntee uh, in your really quiet voice and uh, but uh, but Andy 
from listening to the interview there, um, quite happy with uh, uh, the fact that they've got through to um, the Leinster final. Um, it was jovial as well, having a bit of crack about Brian Menton uh, and the two goals and mm. saying not to, you know, not to bring it up or whatever, you know what I mean? Like yeah. a, um, and he won't be telling them he was great or whatever. But, you know, just to go back on what I mentioned about, you know, no, no player... It seems to have a God-given right to be in on that team or on that panel or to get a position or to get a chance on the field or whatever. Even even Mickey Burke, who wasn't on the panel the last day, was back in the 26. So he's keeping things fresh the whole time, yeah. keeping the players guessing and keeping the the um, competition for, for positions going the whole time. And, you know, you'll hear it in the interview too, you know, where he mentioned Thomas McGovern, for yeah. example, you know, was is drafted in the last couple of games and that was his first taste of championship football today. And Ethan Devine, it's not his first taste, but it's his first run in Crow Park. Mm-hmm. He missed, obviously, the league final. So I think what a lot of what he has done there is, you know, he he's seen today as an opportunity where we were kind of coasting towards the end to get these lads on and give them an experience playing in Crow Park so that if if and when they're called upon, they'll be ready and they'll have experienced it before. And it's not just a token gesture, as you said, as he said, like these lads have worked extremely hard to put themselves That's in this the position point, yeah. like they wouldn't be just put in if they're just cruising and just be doing the bare minimum in training they're obviously going really well and, and they deserve to get the run out and you you mentioned the guys that didn't get on the likes of Barry and Dara Campion and Mickey Burke for example household names at this stage yeah absolutely and, and I'm sure Sean, Sean Curran probably the only yeah. one out of the whole a uh, lot at the moment that's making the panel but there's not getting yeah. his, his time and, and like a lot of that has to do with the performance of the defenders like I know Shane Gallagher made way towards the then to give Thomas McGovern his few few minutes um on the field but the defenders are playing so well it's very hard to to make changes and like last week barring the injury to Harnan we were kind of questioning where James McIntyre would come in or where he'd fit into the team you know and hopefully we'll have Porrick Harnan back then a man the, that we're not even final, mentioning yeah. Owen Lynch yeah, and you know, and he played and came on and did so well against Offaly, and we haven't seen him since. But like, that's just the nature of it, and it's it's a really good problem to have. It's probably tough on the lads that are actually experiencing it because from one week to the next, they just don't know kind of what where the, where they nearly stand. But it, it's a good problem to have. In my yeah, opinion. Brian Kelly, um, as he said, they don't know from one week to the next, but it keeps them all on their toes and it keeps them all honest. I it does, and as Kieran has already referenced, there's incredible competition just even to, to get into 26. I was talking to Ronan Ryan after the match today and he said the only player who wasn't able to take a full part in training during the week was Parry Carnan. That every other player on the panel is fully fit and they're all fighting for their spot. Could I just ask, how many is there on the full panel at the moment? There's probably, Kieran might have a better idea, you're probably talking mid-30s. Yeah, well, we had, there was 27 there targeting, we had about, yeah, that, I'd say that number would be right, yeah, there's yeah, one or two fluctuations, and some of the lads are on the junior panel are also on the senior training panel. Yeah, yeah. Um, See, in around mid-30s now, exact figures are hard enough to nail down. And we can't really, if we did know, we wouldn't say anyway. Yeah, uh, yeah <laughs> you keep your cards to your chest, yeah, absolutely. There's going to be a hundred of them. Of them, Lads, we're going to move on now, and what we're going to do is before we finish up uh, the podcast, we're going to do the player ratings for uh, the Leinster semi final against Leash. And uh, I'm going to start off with Andrew Colgan, and we're going to go to Brian Kelly first because the mic is in front of him. Um, I'd say his save alone is probably worth a nine today. And David Risman? Uh, yeah, yeah, very good. I think there was there too. There was. 
So two or three one good was, saves. One yeah, was probably. more said Adam. Yeah, but. but it was a good goal chance yeah. now. Probably bad execution, but a save nonetheless. Uh, I couldn't really argue with a nine. I think, yeah, w- no, nine. Nine and... Uh, yeah, definitely. He made one world-class save, which yeah. was 10 out of 10. He made two or three kind of more average saves, but still have to be made. He had excellent kickouts, where he had one bad kickout where he just rushed. But that happens, like when you're going to have so many kickouts in the modern game. But he, he, he was playing a 10 for a lot of the game, but I'd say a nine is probably fairer. A nine, I think I agree with the nine. Yeah, absolutely. And I'd say he's uh, starting to feel the pressure with Mon- Monica McGurk there behind him, just <laughs> chasing at his tail to get that uh, goalkeeper's position on the men's team. So um, Andrew Colgan uh, pushing his uh, pushing his uh, stats up and, and deservedly getting a nine today as he is under pressure. The full-back line, lads. Uh, Seamus Lavin will go to David Rispin first because the mic is in front of him. Yeah, Seamus Lavin was very good today, I thought. Uh, and joining the attack, he actually kicked our first score with the outside of his boot, really good effort. Fergalich was sitting beside me, and uh, you know at this stage there was about twelve or thirteen minutes gone, and me they were one 0 up, and he was he was on about writing his report, you know, later on for the paper, and he was saying that it could end up, you know, Mead Mead beat Leash one 0 thanks to a Seamus Lavin effort in the <laughs> second minute, and uh, for a while it thankfully it lined up after that, but he he just he's so comfortable coming forward and joining the attack from cornerback, and he's. He's a really good footballer, but you know, first and foremost, he's a fantastic defender, and he had a good out in today. So an eight for me. An eight for Seamus Lavin, Kieran Flynn. Yeah, I agree with eight. I, I think he's actually a victim, maybe that he his man probably didn't get enough ball directly in his hands, maybe that threatened us to give him a nine or a ten. So I think the eight is fair. And uh, yeah, I think eight's a fair score today. He, usual solid performance. His pint was excellently taken. He's not normally somebody you expect to score a pint. Then again, he did previously line out in the championship game for me in the full forward spot. So, who knows? Yeah, absolutely. Seamus Lavin continuing uh, his fine vein of form, a corner back, looking down through all of his uh, uh, ratings. You know, the lowest he's had is a seven. A lot of eights, a couple of nines, and uh, again, scoring an eight this week. Conor McGill at full back, Kieran Flynn. Yeah, I think uh, Conor had another solid game. He, he, he gave a lot of... Uh, exemplary uh, examples of great fullback play. He won a lot of ball in there. He broke it down. Probably similar enough to Lavin. Yeah. I think. I think an eight is fair for Connor. I think he played well, but at times maybe Evan O'Carroll or, or Kingston got the better of him, but not too often. I think he he won it overall. David Rispin, um, uh, just to continue on from his exemplary examples. Yeah, yeah, I will do. Um, I actually, I thought he roasted. He he, he he roasted Evan O'Carroll. Uh, and like we we came into the game actually highlighting Evan O'Carroll as Leash's main man and danger mm-hmm. man, um, and he is and he was. But today he didn't get a kick and like McGill got literally whatever he can get in front of it if it's a boot if it's a hand whatever he just wants to win every single ball, and uh, Evan O'Carroll was hooked after about what fifteen twenty minutes. Now in fairness, Tony Kingston presented a different challenge and I, I can't remember which he said it last week. Similar to Murphy possibly, obviously not on the same scale as Murphy yet. But um, he he did. He's a completely different player to the likes of Evan O'Carroll, who likes to get out in front, trying to win his ball, take you on. Donny Kings is far more physical, kind of big mm-hmm. unit. And he did. I think Kingston finished up with four. I think possibly two from play. And he did cause McGill some different, you know, problems to what O'Carroll did. So I think an eight is a fair mark. Yeah, uh, Brian uh, Brian Kelly. Yeah, it's already decided as an eight between the two lads. But I'd actually maybe say a seven. Um, he picked up an early yellow card and. That wasn't but what? But still, he had it, and 
it might have been it might have been it might have been the yellow it might have been the yellow card but he still had it in the referee's notebook so it's st- and he had a few fouls after that like he was probably sailing close enough to the wind and the top enough process towards getting the second yellow so on that basis alone maybe it's seven yeah so he still gets an eight you're yeah. okay David you're okay but he's allowed to have his well, no. <laughs> we're going to move on now to the other cornerback uh, Shane Gallagher and Brian Kelly we let you go first this time just that you don't upset uh, David Rispin. Eight. <laughs> Eight for Shane Gallagher. Yeah. Okay, and David Rispin? Uh, seven for me. Yeah, I said this is always dangerous when you find yourself agreeing with David Rispin so much. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's seven. I think it's similar to what I said about Lavin. He probably victim of his man not doing a lot. Yeah. And he, he kind of more or less followed. His man was running away from the ball at the time. He was a bit afraid of it. A, yeah, there was just a few kind of loose connections and fouls possibly. Yeah, yeah. and that just diminished them maybe mm. from an eight or a nine. Because see, it's very easy. Usually, to get the nines and the tens, you have to do something that kind of breaks them all or does something different. So then, when you when you don't get them opportunities, it's very hard to get there. So I think seven is fair. Yeah, so Shane Gallagher, the Simonson man, will receive a seven. Um, we're going to go to the wing half back, Donald Kyogen, and we're going to go to Kieran Flynn first. It's probably it's probably a waste of time uh, really reviewing his performance every week. Like he does excellent. Like. He at least at least four direct contributions with assists. Like he he scored at the end, and he he was actually just he made a show of the boys. Like he he must have shimmied two lads and just put it over. I don't know, like reluctant maybe is ten too much because you can nearly give him ten all the time. So I think maybe a nine is possibly fair just to because we can't give him a ten every week. Um, David Rispin. I, I, I'm actually thinking the same but yeah. I'm like how could you take like I'm trying to think of where we could actually take a mark off him it's got to the stage now where we're actually trying to find faults in what he did and it didn't, uh, go, it didn't go over the black spot it went about three yards <laughs> in the middle of the goal his point but, but like the, his run for the penalty too um, it was you know Mickey Newman skied the shot yeah. and Kyogen's take I know he, he caught it clean in that but it was an unbelievable catch kind of with his head yeah. like looking up and then to like use his pace and power to actually cut inside before he was dragged down. I, I think I kinda have to give him a ten. I I, yeah, I, I agree with a lot of what yeah, you said, well, but I have to give him a ten. You've given him a ten and Brian Kelly, we're going to go to you. Uh your cast and vote. I'd say nine. Um because David Rispin said ten. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I think had he he did so well to catch that ball for the penalty, had he actually managed to score the goal himself, he's a nail out. Or a for bicycle a 10. or something. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. no, I think ten, nine is probably what I give him. Well we're gonna give him a nine and just interestingly I'm looking down at the Twitter machine and uh, a tweet there from Mark Bennett. Donald Kyogen is one or two more good games away from an all-star nomination, I feel. And, you know, at this stage, if he, if, if me get to uh, the Super 8s with the, with, with the way he's played all year, if he could continue that in the Super 8s or have a really, really good Leinster final, you never know, he might just get that nomination. Now, that's a good shout uh, from Mark Bennett. Uh, so, Donald Kogan receives a nine. We're going to go to... Uh, he's victim of his own success there with the nine, isn't it, really? Uh, terrible, really. Yeah, he's, he's, <laughs> he's ruined it all for himself now for the rest of the year. We're going to move on now to centre-half back, and the centre-half back today was Ronan Ryan. Uh, that was, the, I suppose, the jester in the pack that nobody saw uh, coming in from... Uh, from last week's picking of the team and we go to David Rispin first on this one yeah uh, I thought he was outstanding you know and it's we've we've talked about him so much in the league being Mr Versatile in that but one position he hasn't played this year is, is centre back 
and came in today and played it like he's playing it all his life took to it like a duck to water didn't he really um, was colossal there a few there was one block in the first half he, it hit him from a foot away it hit him right in the head and it just he just bounced back up you know he's a he's a hardy butt but I thought he was superb uh, I'm going to say a 9 I've given yeah. given Kyogen a 10 and I stick by that so I'm going to give Ryan a 9 ok then um, Ryan a 9 Killian uh, I heard it the first time Kieran, uh Kieran, we're going to go to you next yeah I, yeah I think it's kind of similar Kyogen probably as we talked about him that he possibly he should have been a 10 but we're not going to go there again I think Ronan was excellent again possibly a 9 uh, 9 oh this is a hard one now I'm, not, I'm thinking I think he, he played better than the others so I think 9 I think it's fair ok 9 a low nine. 9 Brian Kelly yeah I think he was um, pleasantly surprised to get his place back in the team Um and he really took the opportunity with the two hands. He was superb today, and I think anything less than a nine would be criminal. So a nine. So you're going to agree with David Rispin? That's yeah. absolutely and lovely. And um, yeah, but, yeah, but he yeah, but they were fighting though. Yes, yeah. exactly. Um, when our children fight, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, they grow up so fast. Yeah, um, <laughs> they get that from your side. Yeah. Uh, we're going Man to move on to uh, the wing half back, Gavin McCoy, and we're going to stay with Brian Kelly for this one. Um, yeah, Gavin had a solid game today. He probably coughed the ball up on a couple of occasions when he was maybe reluctant to take on a shot. So I'd say a seven. A seven for Gavin McCoy. Uh, Kieran Flynn? Yeah, I agree with what Brian said. I think seven. Seven is a fair one. Yeah, okay. David Rispin, uh, Gavin McCoy? Yeah, it's, it's uh, probably probably just a seven. I think, yeah, he was well below his usual self. Um Close to a six, but yes, since the lads are going with seven, I'm happy enough. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Yeah, we're going to move on now to the midfield pairing of uh, Brian Menton. We'll go to first, Kieran Flynn. Well, your your joint captain scores two goals and he's he's your midfield general. I think the fact you scored two goals, I think you have to give him a nine. Okay, um, we'll go to uh, David Rissom because the mic is facing you. Yeah, I think so uh, too. And a nine, proper ball playing midfielder. Uh, just a class act, so yeah, nine for me. Yeah, no, Brian Kelly. Yeah, it was interesting to hear Andy after the game referencing that Brian Menton probably got his hands on a bit less ball today than what he normally does. But then you see he scores two goals, so you have to balance that up again. And he brought his tally for the season today to 2-11, and I think uh, nine is a fair score. Yeah, absolutely brilliant from uh, the midfielder for, from Dunhamore Ashburn. Um, the other midfielder, Adam Flanagan, and um, we'll go to you, Brian Kelly, first this time. Yeah, I'm... Um, it's not Adam has struggled in the past maybe to get run a consecutive starts in the championship and he's getting that at the minute and it's you can see the benefits of it he another solid game today I think an 8 ok then and uh, we're going to David Rispin next uh, I didn't think he was as good today as he was the last day I thought he was uh, he did sort of look up the, the leash midfielder well seasoned outfit uh, mm-hmm. Kieran Lillis and John O'Loughlin you know two big units in midfield Mother-ish. Yeah, they really are. Um, so I wouldn't go with eight. I'd, I'd give him a seven, I think, on today's performance. Okay, Nick Kieran Flynn. Again, unfortunately, agreeing with David Rispin. It's a scary thought, but I think, yeah, the two midfielders for uh, Leash are two. They're better players and they're big physical men. Flanagan won his fair share of ball, and like, you have to remember, seven is definitely above average. It's a good score. Yeah. So I think seven is fair. 
he had a few eight moments, but just not enough to get that score. So seven. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well done to our midfield pairing of Brian Menton and Adam Flanagan. Moving on now to wing half forward, and that is how often will you say this? James McIntyre at wing forward, David Rispin. Yeah, coming back into the team after um, a little bit of a layoff, he's had a couple of these injuries that have sort of disrupted his form in the league and now championship, but it was probably a good game for him to come back into today and, and get under his belt before, obviously, the, the big one which lies ahead. Um, obviously, you wouldn't expect him to be at full till today, and, and I don't think he was by his own high standards, so... I think a seven for me uh, today for James. Okay, and Kieran Flynn. Yeah, I think seven. He just didn't have enough kind of key moments in the game to to bolster his score up. So I think seven is fair. Brian Kelly, uh, James Wackety. Yeah, I actually think he's more effective in the half back line than the half forward line. I think mm-hmm. he's maybe a bit better coming onto the ball, and um, he just didn't have the impact today which he normally does have. So I think a seven. No, okay, everybody is. In agreement on James McEntee. We're now going to move on to centre forward and Brian McMahon, and we go to you, Kieran Flynn. Yeah, Brian is, is is kind of always a strange character to 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 rate because he he kind of goes in and out of games a lot. And but then he, he scored was it two points today, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, and like he's one of our one of our top scorers on the panel, and he he's he's a good footballer. Uh, maybe is eight, maybe slightly too high for him. Maybe it's. But I think he did most of his stuff was quite effective. So maybe, I think maybe an eight is fair. Probably a generous eight, but it's still an eight. Okay, Brian Kelly, an eight there from uh, Kieran Flynn. Yeah, he had a good game today. I wouldn't say he had a very good game. So probably a seven is what I'd be thinking. He intermittently showed excellent form, but as Kieran said, he was kind of in and out a little bit. So I think a seven. A seven and a... This is a world exclusive. I'm going to actually agree with Brian Kelly here. Yeah, I'm going to say a seven as well. I thought uh finished really strongly and I suppose showed his fitness in the last 10 minutes, I think picked off a couple of scores. But yeah, just probably not not over the whole piece um, as involved as maybe previously we've seen him uh, awfully being the prime example. So I think a seven is fair. Fair enough, a seven for Brian McMahon. Uh, we'll move to our other wing half forward and that's Ben Brennan. We'll stay with you, David Rissman. Yeah, Ben, uh, typical Ben Brennan, uh, worked hard into everything, uh, got his customary yellow card as well. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, Brian, you must actually have to do up the stats on the cards that say Ben Brennan's yellow card tally. I, is just I don't have that information, unfortunately. <laughs> It'd be great to get it, but um, yeah, but look at it, he, he worked hard without, he's probably just not getting, he had a couple of frees, difficult frees as well, he's just probably not getting the look in terms of getting his scores as we know he's very capable of doing the couple of frees he had were out on the 45 at an angle and to a bow pull near side not bad misses because of the distance but mm. uh, missed nonetheless it's probably uh, probably on work at the Galone I give him a 7 his all round play probably suggests maybe a 6 but I think for his endeavours I think a 7 Brian Kelly uh, Ben Brown with a 7 so far yeah he put in a really hard working shift he's probably naturally more t- suited to the number 11 jersey but Brian McMahon's form is such that he has nailed that one down for the foreseeable future it appears so Ben is slotting over one position to wing forward Um, he put in a hugely industrious shift he just he'd probably look back on a couple of shooting chances that maybe he'd been better off recycling the ball out or he just misjudged them he'd won free which he kicked wide he was after taking a heavy bang and he got back up and he took the free Generally speaking, you like to see somebody who has me down getting treatment take that free. Um, I know 
that seemed to be the vibe on the sideline anyway. But I'd say a seven. A seven as well from uh, Brian Kelly. Yeah, agreed on that. His, his shooting boots with four wides, two from free, he's let him down. But I think his overall industry is quite good and effective, so seven. Yeah, uh, all in agreement for a seven for Ben Brennan. We're going to move to the corner forwards. And the first of the corner forwards is Killian O'Sullivan, Brian Kelly. Eight. Eight for Killian O'Sullivan. Uh, David Rispin. Uh, yeah, an eight. He, if it, he missed a gr- he, not a great goal chance. He missed a goal chance and had he scored it, it probably would have been one of the great goals in Crow Park. He skinned about four or five lads and then just rifled the ball, just narrowly missed the post. But... Um, Picked off a couple of great scores in the second half as well and was a constant threat to Leash. So, yeah, I'd go along with that. Back in form for Killian O'Sullivan. Um, Kieran Flynn? Yeah, I think the eight is a fair mark. I think he really is a danger. That that potential goal chance he had and nearly scored was nearly one of the best goals we've seen. Like It was brilliant. Unfortunately, he didn't get it, so an eight's probably fair. His music playlist wasn't as good this week. and a, right. There was a little bit of mumblings in the dressing room. They weren't impressed when, okay. I think it was the Game of Thrones uh, remix of, a, of, a, of the team's on. Come on now. I think they weren't too impressed now, so he, the music could be going now. That was one good day, one bad day. Should should he be Doctor Mark for that? Well, he probably well he probably should. Yeah, from on the music, he got a ten for music last week. Yeah. It's definitely a seven for oh, I'd say six for music. An eight for his performance and a six for his music. Killian O'Sullivan, you're going to have to up your game and your music and uh, uh, the things. Your footballing skills are quite where we want them, so keep that mm-hmm. going. The uh, important things, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> the, the important things, the music. <laughs> yeah, the music. Um, yeah, more ABBA, please. Yeah, uh, ABBA, we're going to move on to uh, the full forward. There's never anybody else at full forward, only this man, and it's Michael Newman, and we're going to go to you first, David Rispin. Yeah, uh, photogenic as ever, you know, Mickey Newman. <laughs> but uh, probably one of his quieter games today, and in fairness to me, in the first half he was struggling to kind of get into the game and James Conlon who we'll come to I know was was flying inside alongside him which I'm sure Mickey was fine with that he was playing a lesser role whereas James Conlon was flourishing which is fine but he actually then came out deep to just try to get on the ball and get something going the penalty was probably just it came just before half time and in fairness to him for a guy that hasn't been wasn't on a lot of ball during the during the half and as Brian already said was getting a bit of stick before taking the penalty took it brilliantly and um I'd still be giving him a seven, I think, on the basis of it. I don't think he was at his, you know, max max um, potential or, you know, performance, but seven for me. Okay, and uh, Kieran Flynn? Yeah, similar enough, uh, Mark, for me. He probably didn't get enough opportunity to influence the play. I think, didn't the penalty come from, I think, was it a speculative shot by him, was it? Yeah. yeah. So we it was didn't, kind of a Gary Owen. Yeah, we didn't really mark it down as a shot or a wide in our stats, but it probably it was a failed shot. And his other wide he had was probably a poor enough attempt. But he, his, the two opportunities he got from a dead ball he scored, I think probably just needed more opportunities to score. Maybe, as we talked earlier, the one that Ben Brennan got roughed up. If Arsene Wenger was the manager, he was at the policy that the fellow who gets fouled doesn't take the free or the penalty. So Mickey probably could... It was, an, it was enough central that Mickey probably could have took it and he, he probably would have scored it. So, seven. Seven as well. And Brian Kelly, maybe maybe Dennis Booth from Leash uh, did, did fairly well on Mickey Newman. Is, is, is that what happened today? Yeah, like I think after the league final in particular, Mickey's showing at Crow Park, he was a player marked out as one to keep quiet today. And if you do that, you might be halfway towards beating Mead. But in fairness, while it just didn't happen from op- in open play today, he still helped create the space for someone like James Conlon inside to do a bit of damage. His run left a bit of room for Banty. And that's the unselfish work which doesn't always get seen. 
And, uh, or get marred. Well, <laughs> that's true. Well, if we're doing the music, we can do we can do runs too. Like, you know, why not? Nine for running off the ball. Like he brought his tally from dead balls today to two forty three for the season, which is very impressive. And I think a seven is probably a fair score for today. Fair play, uh, Nicky Newman. Uh, a seven all round from the lads. And lads, uh, the last of the starting players. Uh, James Conlon, the Banty from uh, St. Colum Kills, and uh, we'll stick with you, Brian Kelly, since so the mic is right there in front of you. It is now, anyway. Um, yeah, he did He did very well. He will look back. He dropped two shots into the keeper's hands and he kicked a couple of wides. So he had five scores and he could have easily had eight or I'll nine. I'll drop him, he's cat. <laughs> <laughs> like it, but that just shows the number of chances he created today. His, he's really elusive. He's a nightmare for a cornerback to mark. And looking ahead to the Leinster final it's going to be really interesting to see who Dublin detailed to pick him up because he's just a very tricky fella to figure out who the right man is that's if he's starting you know it is Andy McIntyre picking this team well that's true we won't be able to guarantee any of those players a position no no well you'd be Kyogen is probably fairly nailed on Mickey yeah (laughs) Is he? is he? score for James Conlon eight eight Uh, Kieran Flynn yeah, I think he, he had five points and he had three wides. <coughs> he probably was a 10, like when he was on fire. Then the misses probably bring him back down realistically to a nine or an eight. I think probably an eight was fair because the he was causing havoc, but maybe just not enough to be a, uh, a man of the match calibre kind of player today. So eight is fair. Fair play. And David Rispin, uh, the band? It's already decided, but I, I would have given him a nine. I think like five points from play on your first championship start is... Outrageous! I know he had the three, three, uh, and in he had a wide, I think, and three was it three <laughs> drop shots, but he had nine, nine attempts like from play is outstanding, and it's not just that; like his movement is brilliant. He's always an out or an option, you know, for the for the man in possession. His runs are brilliant, and when we deliver that quality ball into him, he obviously needs it perfect because of his, you know, he is a small kind of chap, and uh, but when he's when he's moving and he's out in front, he's impossible because he's so janky in that. Um, I'd have given him a nine today. I thought he was. I thought he was outstanding. Fair play to James Conlon on his uh, first full debut in Championship for Mead. Um, playing in headquarters, kicking five points. That's a, that's a, a debut of dreams. You know, mm. so it's a, it's a dream debut really. And uh, well done to James Conlon. Uh, lads, looking down through the subs, uh, Graham Riley number uh, nineteen. Uh, was he on long enough to mark uh, David Rusman? He probably was because he, he was on, um, he was our first sub. So, yeah, 48 minutes. Brian has it here in front. So, he was on for, with, at a time, 25 anyway. Um, kicked a point, I thought, did he? Yeah, yeah he did. Yeah. He did. Yeah, he kicked a point in a few wides as well. But he's, he's he brings you something different. And, you know, we speak about it every week. He comes on. Um, I think you couldn't really give him any more than a seven. Though. Okay, then, uh, Brian Kelly. Six. Six for Brian Kelly. Yeah, and Graham with me, PR partner. Six. Six for Graham Riley. Um, uh, those three wides, one score, and it does influence the play. It does make a lot of runs and get on the ball. But There's a short in there as well. He dropped one short as well. Across the goals. I think we deemed it a pass, I think, in, in Mercy. But it wasn't. <laughs> He's put it in as a pass. Um, the next uh, sub that was used, Shane McIntyre coming back from injury. Uh, Brian Kelly. Yeah, he's a completely different midfielder to Adam Flanagan, who he came on for. Um, his kick passing was very effective when he came in. He fed Mickey Newman on a few occasions. Um, probably had he been on for a couple of minutes longer, he'd be an eight. But for the length of time he was on, I think a seven. 
Okay, seven for uh, uh, Shane McEntee there from um, Brian Kelly. Um, we're going to move on then to uh, David Rispin. Your scores for Shane McEntee? Yeah, I think I think a seven as well. I think he had a hand in um, in the third goal as well, and uh, you know he was on for I think the goals to twenty minutes. So uh, a seven, <laughs> a seven for Shane McIntyre from yourself as uh, Brian Kelly knocks over the teacups and everything here on the table. We're having a bit of a party because we are through to the Leinster final. Kieran Flynn, seven, seven, seven from Kieran Flynn. As simple as you like. Um, we're going to move on now to the next sub that was used. On my list, it's Ethan Devine. How long was Ethan Devine on for uh, Brian Kelly? He came on after 69 minutes, so he got six minutes on the pitch. Okay. Probably not long enough to be rated. Absolutely. He did all right with a few high balls, but not enough time. Okay. No problem. And uh, the next one that I have on the subs list is uh, Thomas McGovern. And uh, was he on long enough, Brian Kelly, to, to give a rating for us, I suppose? He got 10 minutes, so he, he was solid enough when he came on, but... At that stage, Leash weren't attacking too much. You could give him a seven for like he did come out with the ball once or twice, but it's borderline for the amount of time he was on. Yeah, but he did well when he was there. Yeah, great to see Thomas McGovern getting, uh, getting some field time and uh, getting to play in Crow Park as well. Uh, Sean Tobin, how long was Sean on for? Sean got twenty minutes. Okay, and so how did Sean do in those twenty minutes, Brian or David Rissman? Uh, probably just didn't really get on a whole pile of ball. To be honest with you, um, sometimes it's tough for lads coming on. When, when you're in such cruise control to try and influence the play in that so I think a six I, I couldn't really give him any higher to be honest uh, uh, see, it's hard to see his seven or his six would be a lot different than someone else's yeah. he only got the ball a few times I don't, to be honest it's very hard to rate him yeah, that's he had one excellent kick pass that went to the banty like a bullet it was like a laser yeah, laser diagonal, yeah. yeah laser laser beam straight across which probably his influence there was probably a seven, but I don't think he's on long enough for it. No, no, none of influence to it. Yeah, but still good to yeah. give him uh, uh, give some feedback on, on how he did when he came on. Yeah. And the last of the subs lads that was used is uh, Thomas O'Reilly from Wolf Tones and uh, Brian Kelly. How long was? Uh, yeah, Thomas got about ten minutes as well, and yeah. he did okay. He had one shot which I think narrowly went wide, or did he drop it short here? And I can't just short, um, which he probably would have loved to have stuck over just after getting left out for today but probably again not on long enough to rate not long enough to rate no not long enough to rate but again getting some time in Crow Park so lads I think that's everybody uh, that was used today um, marked and uh, again uh, looking at the starting 15 um, no players getting below a 7 so you know everybody you know it's funny Whenever this team uh, scores an average of seven plus, they seem to win. Um, you know, the only game that they would have been low would have been the Offaly game, where the average was probably about six point five, and uh, still won that game, but it was a poor performance. So it's a it's an interesting way of looking at the looking back at the games uh, afterwards, just to rate the players and uh, to see how they go. Um, just that is. Uh, everything on the podcast that we said we were going to talk about just to look forward to a few things I suppose uh, the Christy Ring final is going to be the 22nd of June and that's going to be in Crow Park um, uh, the All-County Football League uh, um, last round will take place next weekend on Sunday uh, all teams will be playing their last round of uh, league fixtures 2 o'clock, two, two o'clock uh, next Sunday the minor hurlers 
Um, they're going to be out in the Paddle-Lahan Cup in the next few weeks. Uh, we don't have a fixture for that just yet, Brian Kenny. No, we're hoping to get one from Leinster Council maybe tomorrow. Yeah, and when we get that, we will get that out on all social media networks. The under-20s, again, they're down to play. Um, uh, no, well, the next official fixture is the Championship at the end of the, basically the first week of July, isn't it, Brian? I think it is. We're playing the winners of Offaly and someone. See that Armagh Offaly game is yeah, yeah the, the next the next game against Armagh has been postponed. Yeah, but it might not be played. Yeah, might be played. We don't know. But we're guaranteed there's a championship game the first week of July. Yeah, first week of July we'll be coming back to you with. And that's straight knockout championship as well, so it's a big game. Yeah, we will come back to you uh, closer to time with that. The Mead Juniors, obviously, through to the Leinster final against Kildare, and they're going to be playing uh, the curtain raiser to the Leinster final on. Uh, Sunday the 23rd of June in Crow Park um, uh, just before Mead take on Dublin yeah, in the Leinster Senior two Final. Throw-in. Quarter to two throw-in for, the, for, um, for the junior game. and it must the be senior a, is probably a four o'clock throw-in. A half three, four o'clock throw-in. Um, winner on the day, so they have to allow a bit of time for extra time and in Crow Park that day yeah going to be a wonderful wonderful hopefully day penalties for the crack hopefully uh, it would be nice to get penalties against Dublin and beat them in penalties wouldn't it no no on the junior oh on the junior oh, no kidding um, <laughs> into the hill wouldn't it be wonderful imagine Graham Gerty and the just, likes of him just back think but Adam McDermott steps up saves Johnny Doyle's penalty and Mead win the Leinster junior <laughs> um, lads I suppose looking at it ourselves uh, well Cortown not involved uh, in a promotion match next week so you're going on holidays David Rispin um, you're leaving the lads to fend for themselves uh, in the last game they'll probably, they'll probably win well enough <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brian Kelly again you don't have to worry about that next week Centralstown are already promoted and see any Kieran Flynn um, you do sp- have to worry they're, they're in a spot of honour next weekend you heard it here first we probably uh, <laughs> won't beat Blackhall Gills but we, I think we have a good chance I'm playing them down because they're... So, know, Kieran, uh, just... <laughs> right, one way or the other, are you going to win next week? Uh, hold on, I have to say it it's three different sentences. I have to say, have to say it three it's different ways. Like right so, I think Dunsany will win. I think Dunsany will draw. And I think Dunsany will lose. So, put in the appropriate remark. Yeah, I'll, the I'll, 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 I'll edit in there, please. I'll edit it out <laughs> and, and put it in for next yeah. week. Uh, Simonson, obviously, uh, need a win in their last round. Uh, uh, league uh, match against Wolf Tones next Sunday to be guaranteed at least will the semi-final will spot. Will the old-timer get the field time, do you think? Uh, uh, Alan Corrigan, is he bag playing? <laughs> Alan Corrigan, Seamus Kenny, they're all in the mix, lads, I can tell you. Mighty all letters. in the mix. Um, look, it's a, I suppose we were very excited a couple of weeks ago about getting to a Leinster uh, semi-final. We're in jovial mood now tonight and uh, I suppose we're delighted that we are going to a Leinster final um, and that things are, are looking good for uh, the hurlers as well in the Christie ring uh, as they uh, will be taken on down in the Christie ring final. The Mead juniors are in the Leinster final and the Mead seniors are in the Leinster final. So everything is going well. Lads, have we any more... Um, uh, have we anything from the minor county board that we need to bring up? No, but we probably should mention the Royal House draw. So with that, over to David Rispin. Uh, David Rispin, um, uh, we'll go to you next. Uh, have you anything for? Yeah, I suppose the, the Royal House draw is uh, getting closer and closer by the week. Um, yeah, twenty eighth of September. Get the tickets. Uh, we have a few player of the month thing things coming up. Hopefully in the next tomorrow. week. Tomorrow, well, good man. Today actually, gonna, well, it depends when this comes out. Like to be. If you're hearing it late Sunday evening, it'll be one the morning. And if you're hearing it Monday, it's probably happening right now. So so keep <laughs> keep an eye on Twitter um, for the couple of nominees. There'll be a hurling and football player of the month for um, May. 
So from the from the game, so there'll be three nominees and each get your votes in. The winning player will receive a ticket for the house draw as well, and then there'll be a public competition probably later on this month or maybe early next month as well. Um, plenty going on there. We have the there's an article going in the journal, uh, in a couple of weeks time as well, and there's banner ads on Daft.e. So if you're actually looking to buy a house, you, you might just see in new homes in Mead on Daft, you might just see the you right house to win one. banner coming up, so <laughs> if you're tempted to put €100 Euro in, it could be the best investment you'll ever make. Yeah, absolutely, and Kieran Flynn, anything further from the county board? No, just, you got to get your tickets to these games, like, support your county teams in these finals, like, like how many times have we had lads giving out saying, Mead are useless, Mead will do nothing, and all these kind of different levels, we're in so many finals and so many different teams, you really have to get behind your team, support the lads, buy your ticket, get to the games, Enjoy your day out. And just on that from Kieran, like for the Leinster final, there'll be great offers from Leinster GEA for club tickets for to bring juvenile teams yeah. up. And it's a great opportunity for people from to see like from Bridget's to go up and see Michael Flood in Crow Park, from Sydney to see their players. Like kills like some of the big senior teams, they regularly have t- players in Crow Park with the senior team. But for the smaller clubs, it doesn't always happen. Yeah, and right. Sunday this day two weeks is a great opportunity for most a huge amount of clubs in the county to see their players playing in Crow Park and get the juvenile teams up, inspire them to be the next players to play in Croker and get a huge Mead crowd in. Dublin will bring the crowd. We need Mead supporters to bring a big crowd as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well said uh, by Brian Kelly there of the minor board. I suppose one thing that you did last week that what David Rispin brought to our attention was, if there are, if, first of all, we want to thank all our listeners. And uh, just uh, as, again, to remind all our listeners, if there is somebody out there um, that you think would like to listen to our podcast that would be interested in me, GAA, pass the pod, uh, save the link um, uh, or copy the link and send it in a WhatsApp message, or send it via email, or send it via Facebook, or Twitter. Or we have, there's a spot on the Mead website, mead.ga.e forward slash wearemead, that will always have the links there for Spotify and for SoundCloud, so the vast majority of the people in the world can access these platforms, so don't be afraid, that's a site that will host it the whole time, and you can find the podcast. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, uh, again, we want to thank you all for getting in contact on Twitter, um, there's far too many there today to go through we did give a couple of them a mention but do get in contact us, contact with us prior to the Leinster final we will be doing a podcast next week after the last round of league games that uh, David Rissman is going to miss and uh, we will be previewing the Leinster final against Dublin and uh, we're going to have to sit down and see what kind of matchups can be made going into that Leinster final and I'm not on about the Kildare uh, junior team uh, we are Mead <laughs> and remember we are Mead why it matters more